0: Bring it in. Read Option Podcast back and getting you guys ready for week 14 of the NFL season. We have the full crew, Scotty, Vito, and myself. It's great to see you, boys we got another week, a really, a really good week. We have uh, several really fun games on the docket this week, and then some interesting ones kind of sprinkled in there as well. Uh, Obviously, we have, and honestly, the weekend kind of makes up for how terrible Thursday night is. Uh, Pat's Steelers is, uh, if you love football, you can prove it by watching this game. Uh, (laughs) This is for football sickos only, uh, because Patriot fans don't want to watch their team. Steelers fans have a reason to watch their team, but, Oof, the rest of it is uh, is pretty ugly, uh, but we'll see. Uh, but after that, I mean, yeah, we got Lions-Bears. The Bears playing kind of frisky football should be fun. Um, we have the Jags and Browns as kind of a fun game, and then we have our headliners, Rams-Ravens, Seahawks-Niners, Bills-Chiefs, and then ending it all on Sunday night with Eagles-Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. So, uh, great slate ahead of us, but boys, how are we doing?
1: A little better than Monday,
0: right? A little better than Monday. We got to,
1: uh, or Tuesday's pod, We keeping it going here. Um, Good weekend of football, and we're definitely at the point now where the only college game is Army-Navy, and this is where we get to the uh, football is sacred part of the year. So, Mm. enjoy it. Enjoy it. Even this Patriots-Steelers game, what we would give for it in May. I'm it's so bad. I might record it actually and not watch it until May. Maybe that's the move. <laughs> uh we'll see.
0: Because I guarantee you, you won't remember the outcome come May either. So <laughs> no. it'll just it'll just be stuck on like your YouTube TV DVR. You just pull it up. I love I mean, it. it. What seems about it? almost
2: apocalyptic it seems post-apocalyptic to do that. You know, it just runs on a loop and it's Steelers 6, Patriots 3, uh for all eternity. And that's how the world will remember Planet Earth after its
0: demise. <laughs> what was the game last year? It Wasn't like Broncos, Panthers, or there was there was a Thursday night last game last year that was like l- so bad that it was actually like people like you should turn this game on because it's so bad. I don't know. It I was know bron- it. it was Broncos. Somebody made Broncos Bears. Man, I forget what it was, but it was a really awful, awful game. But it was your Broncos, Vito. I do remember that.
1: I, I believe that's probably why I don't. because I think every game of ours is so good, even though they all suck
0: blacked yeah. it out of your uh, blacked out of your head. Uh, yeah, I blacked out probably.
1: That's a good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, aside from uh, the games coming up here, there's a couple other news uh, sports news going around the sports world. Uh, John Rahm leaving the PGA tour to officially go to live signs a $300 million contract with live golf. Um, it's it sucks. I, you know, we did a lot of uh, a lot, a, a little bit of, you know, morally probably acted too holier than now with the live stuff when all that was going on. But at the time, like the live stuff was was bullshit and it was this crappy product and, and no one really wanted it. No one really knew what was going on. People hated the Saudis. Uh, people hated Phil Mickelson. And since the merger with the PGA tour and live and the Saudi government and everything else, it all just kind of feels like all of the pro golf world is kind of muddied. uh, And we're basically just kind of going to move forward with it. It sucks that we're not going to have him playing on the PGA tour. I still think the PGA tour is a better product, Um, but it's a huge name. uh, One of the top five biggest names in the golf world right now uh, in, in John Rahm, the defending masters champion. He uh, he gets exemptions into every single uh, ma- major event for the next like 10 years since he won the masters and it sucks. I-, I think just as a week in week out product for the PGA tour, not to have that, but this is where we're at. So uh John Rahm leaves for live. uh The other big piece of news that we had today, I know everyone was, was super excited and knew it was happening. uh JMU has their head coach, uh gentleman by the name of Bob Chesney. He is the Holy cross former Holy Cross head coach. Um, and he's actually the guy that I wanted. Uh, I saw his name pop up about a week ago. I did a little bit of a deep dive on him. Uh, he's a young guy. I think he's late 30s, early 40s. Uh, he's taken a jump from the FCS. He knows the FCS world well. JMU obviously knows that really, really well. Uh, he has dominated at Holy Cross uh, for the last five years. Uh, seems like he's going to be a really, really awesome hire. And uh, he's, he's almost too handsome. To be uh, a football coach, he like kind of straddles that line of like, are you too good looking to be a football coach? Cause you, know, you kind of want your football coach to have a little bit of, you know, have you showered today? Are you sure? Like, you know, see, I look at Sirianni and I'm like, and same thing with Kyle Shanahan, like they always just have massive bags under their eyes, you know, they always just look exhausted. And tired, and like they haven't showered or eaten a full meal in a couple of weeks. That's kind of what I always like to see out of my football coach. And so yet, see neither what this kid's of, about.
2: neither of them have won a Super Bowl, and the good-looking Sean McFay has. So that is there true. At yeah. That
0: point, that is true. That's the yeah, very... but it
1: didn't work out so much for Cliff Kingsbury. Either way, uh, yeah. I will say this: what I love about this, I just started doing research when Jeff told us right before here. I looked him up, looked at some stuff. What I love about a, a coach like this is that. Right. He hasn't had a big-time, I would say, opportunity in terms of big-time program. What I love about that is the last three stops since 2010, so that's 13, 14 years, he has been a head coach on right every step of the way. So yeah. he is a head coach through and through. He's not a coordinator that got a job. So you know he knows what he's doing, which I think that's a huge plus. To me, it's always a little sketchy when you have a guy who's a coordinator coming to be your head coach. There's a lot of misses sometimes there. I feel like it's better when you have a head coach from a lower program in terms of like tiering or double a AA or triple a coming up to to the actual division 1. So, good good dude, good hire for you guys. Looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't yeah. know, he's gotten first in every single like league he's been in. He's
0: won every league at some point. So, like he's he's a good coach. Uh, he's been a head coach since 2010. Uh which I think he was he must have been like 30 years old as the head coach of uh and for, forgive me for not knowing this this school division 3 salve regina salve regina salve regina yes it sounds and like then a, the next one Austin is Powers. Yeah. the next one's holy cross so he's a, maybe a
1: religious guy we don't know uh feels like a theme there and then James Madison is a yeah. little different. I don't know if yeah. that's a Bible name or anything. No. But yeah. Not at <laughs> but uh he's won he's
2: he wrote won the constitution. He wrote separation of church and state. So I mean, he you did. gotta figure that one out.
0: He did. Uh what's interesting yeah. though, I mean, look, he's <laughs> he's won 70% of his games over the course of 13 years as a head coach. Um, that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. And uh, to your point, Vito, yeah, this is a guy who who he's a he's a head coach. He, he doesn't need to learn how to, be, how to be in charge of a full program. Obviously, every step you go, there's more pieces. There's more tentacles. There's NIL now. There's going to be recruiting. going to be a whole different, far more competitive. Um, but, hey, if you can win at Holy Cross, you can win just about anywhere. So, um, yeah, is Bob Chesney. Is he related Chesney, to Kenny Chesney? Is he related to that's, Kenny Yes, I hope so. I would love we're that, gonna say the, that. We're Kenny gonna say Chesney, that. what if they were like brothers and and Kenny Chesney just becomes like a diehard JMU fan yeah. just showing up in Harrisonburg? He has his own like Sunday
1: night football intro, like Carrie Underwood, but it's just that Kenny would... Chesney for JMU. Now we're I would selling love tickets.
0: That. I would now love we're that. selling tickets. Well, and Kenny Chesney was like the original Drake, where like Drake is a fan of every team. It's like Kenny Chesney is like – he's associated with like three different SEC schools. I don't understand how it's possible. He just <laughs> – He's, he's, he's a man of the people, you know, he's not really a, a fan of logos. He's a fan of the people. Uh, so we'll gladly take Kenny Chesney, but um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, the NBA in-season tournaments going on. Have either of you guys, I haven't really been following it too much. Hasn't really gotten my attention, um, but people seem to like it. Cool. I think, was that in Cleveland last night? Cause there's a lot of
2: traffic getting home from there. Was that. They, I think no, I no, the semis are in Vegas now. Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh,
1: rip. Okay, never mind. Yeah. No, we had a game. We had a game here yesterday. Magic. I don't know if it's the tournament or not. Maybe the other rest of the teams. It's get not. To go yeah, to yeah. Cleveland, That's and so uh, funny. Orlando. And so the regular season is going on. I know it's going on, but I thought they would just pause everything until the tourney's done. They're letting other teams keep
2: going. No. So so yeah, the way it's like, that it works it's like Champions is, League. Yeah. Okay. It's like the, their right.
0: games are going concurrently with the rest of the season. So it's like your regular season games are still those the yeah. same games. Yeah, more Champions League than like international break then, right? I'm thinking international yes, yeah. break soccer, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. It's more like uh, Champions League where like this it's is hilarious. still going on. Like the Premier League is still going on as yeah. the Champions. Yeah,
1: it's who very- would have thought that I would be comparing basketball to soccer to understand it? But
0: there um, we go. I mean, it's
2: it's it, that's what I find interesting about it as both a soccer fan and a, a basketball fan. But like I, you know, just I don't know if it'll stick. Um, number one here, uh, and number two, like. At what point are the players gonna be like, yeah? What was I don't I don't understand the purpose, uh, of this? Like we want a trophy. Our goal is the finals. I don't. That's if they compute.
0: if they win, the players <laughs> each get a million dollars. So yeah, which I mean, okay, that, that in and of itself, sure,
2: especially
1: so they said that I think it was like five hundred, whatever it was. But they all they were like the guys at the end of the bench is who they're playing for. Yeah. You can get those guys at the end of the bench and never see it, an extra five. That's huge for those
0: yeah. boys. J- Jalen yeah. Brown making like 54, $55 million a year is not, is not quite worried about it. Uh, but yeah, those guys at the end of the bench, you know, you might only be making two or $3 million in the season, which is no I'm wrong. it's still a ton of money, but a million dollars throw that on top. I mean, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge. And look, no matter how rich you are, a million dollars is awesome to get. <laughs> You know, (laughs) like if John Rom wins an event on live after just signing a $300 million contract and he gets an additional million dollars, he's going to be pretty stoked about it. You know, Mm. there's no one too rich to not want a million dollars. So, you know, is what it is. It it seems to have done a decent job to me. And I know the NBA is doing this because they want people to get excited about basketball while football season still going on. Basketball starts on Christmas Day. Like that's, that's to me when I'm like, yep. all right, I, and I gotta listen to some pods here and there and kind of keep my you know finger on the pulse a little bit. You know, I'm following with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid are doing for the Sixers. Uh, Joel Embiid dropped 50 last night too, Just is uh, he's, he's been having another monster season, but you know, it's like, it doesn't really start until Christmas, but then even this year is tough because normally Christmas day is like wall to wall NBA from noon all the way up until, you know, midnight West coast time. This is uh, slightly different uh, because we have NFL games all day on Christmas Day. So Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, normally you think, like, all right, basketball. Nope, we're still locked in on football, just like we are here on this podcast. So uh, with that, let's take a look at our standings. Uh, we all picked the Jags, and we can talk a little bit about Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football is an awesome game. Went into overtime, uh, and the Cincinnati Bengals, Jake Browning, balled his ass off. He looked great. Game. Yeah. I mean, he was like thirty-one to thirty-seven for three hundred and fifty yards and a touchdown. Um, I mean, look, he had like an 80 yard score from Jamar Chase, which which helps. Um, but yeah, there there's a lot of uh of a, to be impressed by with what we saw out of Jake Browning. Uh and Jacksonville, like the loss is big, but the, the bigger loss is, is Trevor Lawrence going down, high ankle sprain. Uh we know when, when that injury hits, it's it's a month at at least. Uh, and, and Jacksonville, look, they're in a pretty good spot, but they only have a two game lead over, uh, Houston and Indy and, and Houston and Indy have been playing really, really good football, finding ways to win games. It, it all of a sudden feels like the AFC South, which we kind of thought was a bit of a wrap despite, you know, Hey, well, Indian Houston are playing good. Can Jacksonville, like I, we all kind of thought Jacksonville was going to hold on to it. That might be in jeopardy now.
1: Yeah. I would say so. I mean, this, the injury is big again, it depends on how long he's out. So I was, I did some research into all of this. Um, They're saying he's sore right now and everything like that, but uh, could be even a few weeks if they get it back. Right. So I, uh, there are some other folks that went through this. It looks like last year. And even though high ankle sprain, it's like what to what degree, right. All that stuff. We don't know. There is a, uh, there is someone that came back after two weeks with this injury, but again, That was a minor high ankle sprain. This one looks worse with just how much he was like the pressure you could put on it. But I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend like I know. Hopefully for Jags fans, they get him back. Because to your point, they're needing him back. Uh, CJ Beathard is not the same quarterback as Jerry Lawrence.
2: Not even close. And uh, there's a guy who uh, had a similar injury last year much different time of the year and therefore much different circumstances. But Patrick Mahomes came back and balled his ass off and won a Super Bowl on an ankle that looked like we were like, he's not even going to play. He can't play. He can't put weight on it. How's he going to play? So, uh, I I don't know. This is a, this is a weird time of the season to, to get that injury. Um, because now you're kind of in, in purgatory, right? Like, do you go four games without him and risk going eight and eight and then have him come back for the next two games? Um, or last game of the year rather like that that's risky um or like hope you guys can win two out of three or three out of four with him gone um you know what i saw last uh on monday night on the field against a, a depleted Bengals defense um and a and a team that really hasn't been playing all that well for as much talent as they have on offense the the Jaguars against the Bengals did not look great like that version didn't look great and it lent a lot of credence to what you've been saying uh jeff I I think a little bit at least in terms of of how the offense looks um um writ large you know um but it's 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 a precarious uh sort of thing because like you said you don't want to rush him back uh and uh and brisk re-entry but you can't keep him out for too long especially knowing that Uh, how close on your heels the the Colts and how well these teams are playing the Colts and the Texans are. Um, So yeah, that's, that's a rough one for Jags fans.
0: And I actually misspoke there too. Uh, They're actually only one game behind Jacksonville's at eight and uh, eight and five. Everyone else is at uh, eight and four. Sorry. Uh, Houston and India at seven and five. Now the uh, they don't play any Jacksonville does not play Houston or Indy the rest of the way, but they do have Cleveland this week, Baltimore, at home uh, the following week, and then they finish out their schedule with Tampa Bay, Carolina and Tennessee. So you figure, I mean, like you almost wish like these were flip flopped because I think CJ Bethard, you know, you could steal a game against Tampa, Carolina with CJ Bethard, probably maybe even Tennessee. Um, but Cleveland and Baltimore, are your two toughest games out of your last five, and you know, for sure, you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, it's going to take a hell of a coaching job from Doug Peterson, but we also know Doug Peterson has a bit of a history with backup quarterbacks uh, and finding ways to get the best out of them. So uh, if you're in Jacksonville right now, I think you're you're watching 2017 highlights of the Philadelphia Eagles and what they did with, uh, with Nick Foles to get him ready. If they can steal one of these two games against Cleveland or Baltimore, uh, I feel pretty good about the fact that they're going to be able to hold out the rest of the season, but until then, like that's gonna to be tough it's, it's it's a tough road and and again Houston's playing as good a football as anybody in fo- in the entire league you look at the AFC I think uh, there's going to be nine quarterbacks right now across the NFL that are starting quarterbacks who are out where we have backups in um which I mean almost a, a third of the league basically is is out right now at the quarterback position which is brutal but seven of those uh, are uh from playoff teams and seven of those are, or six of those are from the AFC so uh, a lot of a lot of starting quarterbacks around the NFL right now are dinged up um poor timing but we will uh we will see we will see what you guys make by the way of, of Trevor Lawrence wanting to walk back and not take the cart I thought it was really weird yeah that to me was a, a move for the fans at home.
2: Uh, on their home field. If that game were on the road, he'd be like, "Nope, throw me on the cart. Let's get the hell out of here. I don't want to be here." That was a hey. I'm I'm tough. I can I can take sustain an injury and let you guys know that I'm gonna be okay and walk off the field in Jacksonville.
1: Oh, that was stupid as shit. Yeah, get a fucking cart. This is so dumb. Yeah. Get a wheelchair. It's I mean, don't care what the hell uh, yeah. you do. <laughs> Just like, dude, this is so much money. Like walking on an injury. I yeah. don't care what it is when it's a quarterback. I don't even care if it's like something anything to do with your legs. You get that guy in a cart. I don't care if he's sitting up waving. I don't care if it's quick. I mean, get Marshawn on the cart driving out quick, leaning back and <laughs> forth, and just hop on, get him off. It doesn't need to take forever. Doesn't need to be a whole TV timeout. But get like, uh, ah, it just seems like a waste. Like, even get a golf cart. It doesn't need to be the injury cart with the long back. Get a golf cart. Drive up. Yeah. Let him sit in it. Drive off. They're all over
0: facilities. I don't know. I thought that was so Yeah Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I don't know. I think PFT. Yeah,
0: I think PFT was the one that said that like Jacksonville is literally like the golf cart capital of the U.S. Like, how do you not have a <laughs> golf cart prepared? Like, I t- to me, it was just a hard O move, and I, I like Trevor Lawrence a lot. Like, I've always been a fan of Trevor Lawrence, I've always been a fan of this Jaguars team. I just thought it was kind of like a hard O move, you know, like I'm gonna walk off to show my team how tough I am like i i don't yeah. know are you are, are, like, injuries happen all the time carts come out all, every single game pretty much in the nfl at least if not every game multiple times every single week like do, does any teammate come in and be like man you know what i wasn't sure about trevor lawrence being a tough guy before but now that i saw him walk back on a twisted ankle that's a tough dude i'm ready to it's fight like-, like i don't think it's like it just seemed like a weird hardo move and um, and again, football players are weird and this kind of shit that they do, but like, I don't know. Just seem just seemed like an odd move on uh to me at least. Uh all right, let's take a look at our records and then we'll dive into week 13 here. Uh so after Monday night game, we all picked the Jags. We all lost that one. Um, so Vito, you uh you went four and nine. Rough week mm-hmm. for you. Um, what's amazing is you you're still in first place when it comes to the uh locks, but you actually have the worst record out of all of us when it comes to the overall picks. So you've that's been na- you're still above 500. Right now you are uh in, in locks. You were a uh, 17, 11, and two with your locks. Oh, that's right. That's good. And then uh your overall record is 65, 63, and six. So and that's just, fine. Because we said yeah we've right locks, just, yeah, right? locks that locks yeah. are the ones that we're we're picking. However, we do need to have a conversation at some point because you've picked significantly less games than I have Scotty missed one week uh I missed like three I think so yeah so uh Scotty's in se- uh in second first overall and I don't, I don't know what the win percentage is right now but me and Scotty are about the same overall uh Scotty's 84 67 and nine with a 14 18 and one record in the locks and then I am 101 80 and 10 overall on the season which I think for sure is probably my best uh win percentage that we've had over this amount of games. And then I'm 18, 15, and three on my locks. So uh win percentage-wise, you do have me, Beto. Um, yeah. but we'll 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 see. We'll have to I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll make you pick an extra three locks to get you caught up. Maybe you have to pick like six locks or something over the course of like a, okay. a few weeks, you know. Maybe may, you Some know playoffs just, locks or something. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, yeah. well, we're all we're still gonna do our locks on the playoffs, but maybe, maybe for the last three weeks, you know, we'll we'll do the math. We'll see how many games you missed, and you have to make those up. You can maybe <laughs> we can split it up so it's like you do four locks one week, right? And then we yeah, kind of five, we take yeah. it from there. And I Scotty's like Scotty's three behind as well. So Scotty can uh can can chip in and do that as well. No, I'm good. I'm i'll <laughs> yep. Yep. Scott, yeah, Scott, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think that's you know, a fair. Should leave it. I think that's fair, right? Let's see. No, I don't let's need see. the
2: mulligan to give me another three chances <laughs> to lose.
0: Well, let's see. So, Scotty, you're still in it, though, Scott. There's still plenty of football left. Yeah. Nice but Vito, if we're doing quick math here, see, Vito, uh, you've picked 30 games so far in the season. Uh, right. I've I've picked 36. Is that right? Yeah, so eight, 18 plus behind. 18 plus eight, right? Yeah. Or 18 plus 18. Yeah. yeah. 36. All right. So, so I, I got so, you're six, yeah, so you're six. Yeah. So you're six picks behind. So at some point from now until, because what, we're week 14. So we have 14, 15, 16, 17. We got five weeks. So you can, you can do four picks locks wise every week. And then one week you have to do two. I like it. I'll start with four this week. I like that. All right. So you'll do four. And then Scotty, you're three behind. So you could you could do all six this week if you want it, you know, to double up and just be done with it. Or, you know, we can uh, you can spread it out over the next three weeks. But we'll do that. So that way we're by the end of the season, we're all we're all squared up. All yeah. right, let's dive in Thursday night football hats at Steelers. Steelers are a six point favorite. Um, very similar spread to last week. Right. It was it was Chargers at Patriots. Chargers were a five and a half point favorite. They won that game <laughs> six. Nothing. Uh, you know, Vegas knew that one was coming, right? And that's exactly where they had the line there. Uh, do we see any improvements from new England this week? I doubt it. Do we see a, a better version of Pittsburgh coming off of a loss to Arizona? Now the weather there was weird, but we are talking about Mitch Trubisky right now, starting this game. No, Kenny Pickett, uh, and your boy, Trace McSorley just got added to the Pittsburgh Steelers roster as well. He might've been practice squad but I have a feeling they'll probably activate him as uh, as the backup in this game. I don't know if I like in any situation picking Mitch Trubisky as a six-point favorite, um, but I feel like that might be the move here. What do you guys think? So I'm leaning
1: towards as well, and the exact same like unrest came up over me when I'm like, there's no way I'm fucking picking this guy. Like, I can't do that. So, I, like, again, it, I believe, like, the under is the safe play here it's at 30 it seems low but Patriots defense is good Steelers defense is good I think I might take the Patriots just because of the fact that I think Mitch is going to turn the ball over to both really good defenses on both sides I like the Patriots offensive line a little more than Steelers so maybe they'll be able to run a little bit better but it, this is a bad game this is a bad bad Zeke? game I mean, like honestly, no. It it doesn't matter. It's just like, can you get two yards of a push, and can we get some first downs can, uh, off of a turnover? Can we get some field goals? Like, th- I think they'll keep it close, and I just think six is a lot for a backup quarterback on the Steelers' side. So I'm going to go ahead and take the risk. I'm doing Patriots.
2: This game is disgusting. Like, just the only thing I would even remotely touch in this game is team totals. Like, I love the yeah. the. 18 and a half is the, uh, the Steelers team total right now. I love the under there. I think this is like, honestly, a 10 to three game. Like, yep. And, and uh, the game under hits the team, all team total unders hit. Nobody hits their props. Every prop is under. Um, the only prop that I can see going over is Jalen Warren hitting over 44 and a half. And if they can control the line of scrimmage, and I think they can uh, because the, the Patriots to, for as bad as their defense has been, it's been getting better. And last week they did a really good job shutting down one really good wide receiver in Keenan Allen and, and, and another big one on the other side in Quentin Johnson. So, uh, to, uh, Gerald Everett was the only guy who, who made any, who had any offensive production uh, in in the passing game for the Chargers last week. That could probably change. Pat Firemuth, I think is better uh, at, at the tight end position and it, they have, the Steelers have two better wide receivers. So it's going to be tougher covering them. And I think they can run the ball more effectively. I'm going to, reluctantly take the Steelers to cover six. But I think this game is like as nasty as it sounds.
0: Yeah, I I keep going back and forth on this one because like I kind of talk myself into New England here, just take the points in a game that's going to be this shitty Um and, and teams that I think both are really struggling. I think Mitch Trubisky is, is just really bad. Um, But he is always – he's one of those quarterbacks that's always kind of due for like a weird game where he kind of just – Pieces it all together, you know. A lot of backups kind of have that, and and look, Mitch Trubisky has been a, a functioning quarterback in this NFL for, you know, for a long time now. Um, but then I look, I look at New England, yeah, right. And but then I look at New England's roster, and it's like Demario Douglas is out, Ramondre Stevenson is out, right? Uh, they're they're all, they're all their best defensive players is out. One of their offense uh, starting offensive linemen is questionable. Devonte Parker is questionable, and we are at the time of year right now where. You know, guys get banged up, and you know this is this is part of it. Everyone's kind of playing through injuries, but that Patriots defense is is they've been playing their ass off, but they just are so so banged up. And at some point, you have to wonder how defeated these guys are, where they're pulling out. You know, what was it? Three straight games they've held opponents to ten points or f- or fewer and lost them. I just can't imagine this Patriots defense continuing to, to, to ball out the level they are even against a team that should be pretty bad. At least, you know, you can run the ball against the Patriots and, and Pittsburgh knows that. So I am reluctantly going to take the Steelers minus six here because I don't see any world where the Patriots are putting up points in this game. Uh, And I think, I think the Steelers can at least get a touchdown. So uh, I'm going to take the Steelers minus six, but, I, I don't feel good about it in the slightest.
1: Uh, you guys are kind of convincing me the other thing I'm thinking of is like how many snaps the Patriots defense has taken in the last couple of weeks, and it's yeah. Thursday. It's a short week. I'm going to stick with the Patriots, but I this is like I think the hardest game to call literally because I don't believe in any any unit on any side of a, any of this stuff. Besides both defenses, there's no advantage. I guess I'm saying.
0: Yeah. No. I. It, it kind of just feels like. It's, it's just going to be bad. I, I don't feel great about this in uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, all right, let's move on to Sunday. We'll start AFC South matchup. Uh, it kind of feels like, you know, the Bucks are still kind of hanging around, but their season's starting to slip away from them a little bit. Uh, the Falcons, 6-6, six and six, have a chance to get above five hundred here. They have definitely unleashed Bijan, uh, but unfortunately for them, Desmond Ritter still struggling. Uh, mightily and, and continuing to turn the ball over. This does kind of feel like a spot where all of a sudden we're like, Of course, the fucking Bucks won, right? Like, as soon as you buy into the Falcons, of course, they're gonna come around and kind of shit the bed. I'm kind of leaning towards Bucks here, I actually, kind of like Bucks' money line this weekend as well. Uh, not a game I feel super confident in one way or the other, but I don't know. I just the way this NFC South has gone all season, it feels like whatever team you feel best about pick against them the next week because they're going to end up dropping a game. So I think I'm leaning bucks, but where are you guys at?
1: I got some great stats on this one. You ready for this one? The bucks are one game out of the playoffs, right? Because they're one game behind Atlanta, but they currently have the seventh seat, the seventh pick in the NFL draft. If it happened tomorrow, they are one game behind the playoffs. and in seventh this, spot for a draft. It's this so is a wild. hell of
2: a way to start off the podcast with a shitty Thursday night game and a stat <laughs> like that. <laughs> so,
1: right? But here's another good one. The Bucks, while they played a mediocre schedule at 15 strength of schedule played to date, Falcons are last 32nd. I think that's what bites them. They haven't really played too many tough teams. I think this Bucks team can do it against that Falcons defense. I'm going to take the Bucks, And I'm with you, Jeff. I would take the money line. And I'm flirting with making this a lock. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this
0: one of my four locks. Bucks. Wow. All right. I like, I like the boldness of that pick. I do. I I think, I think that's good. Scotty, where are you at?
2: I'm, uh, I'm in disagreement with you guys. The Falcons run the ball at the highest rate. They've unleashed Bijan and, uh, and Tampa Bay is going to, is missing two of their starting linebackers. Not to mention with the, uh, the, the, the vulnerability they've already had in that department, Tampa Bay, uh, that is Baker Mayfield's one and 11 on the road against teams that are uh, against defenses that are um, top 10 in scoring in yards allowed per game. The Falcons are seventh in scoring and 10th in yards allowed per game. Baker's one of 12 in, in that category after that week, this week, and you can lock the Falcons
0: in for me. Ooh, oh, a head to head lock. I like this. I like this. Uh, I really want to take the Falcons. I I picked them to win the NFC South coming into the season. I do still like their skill guys and I like Desmond Ritter, but I, as a person at this point, as a, as a quarterback, he just hasn't come along. I, I think the bucks win this game. I think it's gross again. Um, I think ultimately Heineke still gives the Falcons the best chance to win. Uh, even though when he did come in, he didn't look great. And I know why they're sticking with Desmond Ritter. Um, The defense has been really good for the Falcons all for the most part all season. And and look, that game last week against the Jets, the Jets are a really, really good defense. I don't think the Bucs are quite at that level. Um, you know, and and they've been giving the ball to Bijan more. They still are not getting the ball to Kyle Pitts. That whole middle of the field just seems completely foreign to this offense right now. Um, you know, I, I look at Atlanta. I'm like, if they had, you know, Decided to to pass on a quarterback last year and gone with a guy like Will Levis this year, right? I know Will Levis went early, but just like imagining someone just even a, a young quarterback that's just a, maybe a slight tier up a little bit better. I think this this whole offense runs a lot more efficiently. It kind of reminds me of what we've seen with Pittsburgh, right? As soon as Matt Canada's gone, they're actually starting to attack the middle of the field a little bit more, getting Pat Friermuth the ball. I'm amazed they have not found ways to get Kyle Pitts the ball. And, and you know, he's coming up on – and this is his third season, and it's three years in a row where we're talking, like, what the hell? Like, what you, you drafted this guy in the top five. He's supposed to be a difference maker, and you're just not finding ways to get him the ball. And instead, you're giving the ball to Johnny Smith, you know, and other tight ends in this offense, instead of uh instead of getting the ball to the, the one of the most impressive skilled uh athletes and pass catchers in the NFL. Um that being said, I, I do like the Falcons. I like their defense, but the, the Bucs have just hung around too many games. Um, and I think they're good enough to win this game. So I'm gonna take the Bucs two and a half. Uh, not gonna be a lock though. I'm I'm staying away from this game. I, I don't think you can make a lock on an NFC South game this year with how inconsistent. <laughs> oh, it's I've fun. done it. I'm, yeah, I've you both. I've, it's hit and it's failed for me, for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we're probably both about 50 50 there, you know? Just yeah, like get,
0: the rest well, of the Well, that's because every game. So yeah, can. it's like every game in the <laughs> NFC South that's not involving the Panthers is 50 50. Uh, and yet the Panthers <laughs> covered last week. So, you know, who's to say? All right. Uh, up next, Lions minus three and a half at the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Bears defense has come along. Uh, the Bears' defense looks a lot better. They're they're definitely letting Justin Fields kind of be Justin Fields a little bit more. We haven't seen Chicago in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm curious to see. It seems like Justin Fields is fully healthy. DJ Moore is is going to be a problem for this Lions secondary. Uh, the question, I guess, for me is, like, is this a game where we're going to finally see, like, the Lions' defense kind of step up and make a couple of big plays? Uh, it feels like their defensive line is always just a hair late on getting to the quarterback getting a big time play. And that secondary is just, it's not good enough. You know, it's just not. And we saw they had that massive lead. And of course, New Orleans was going to throw the ball a ton to get themselves back in that game. And they were able to. Uh, And in addition to that, after the first quarter, after the first seven minutes of the game, the Lions offense kind of went cold. And with this bears defense playing better, I actually think this is a pretty accurate line. It's bear weather. It's December in Chicago. It's going to be cold. Uh, we'll see how Jared Goff looks. He's kind of disproven the whole Cali boy can't play in the cold thing in the past. So uh, I'm not too worried about that there, but the one thing I will say is Jalen Johnson is one of the, one of the best cornerbacks in football right now. And he's playing for the Chicago bears. They're going to have him lined up against the Monterey St. Brown, probably the entire game, the lions offense between turnovers and then just getting a little stale at moments. They came out firing against new Orleans. Then they kind of got figured out. I like Ben Johnson. Can they get it turned around again this week? Stay hot. This is, would go a long way in securing them as the winners of the NFC North. Chicago needs this game if they have any interest in trying to hang around. Technically, they're still in the hunt somehow, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. I, I think I'm leading the Lions here. I do think the Lions offensively, they had their little bit of a rough, rough patch. This to me is, is kind of similar to the New Orleans game, which is like, all right, like, Let's prove it. You lost that game to Green Bay on on Thanksgiving. We're seeing Green Bay looks like a legitimate like contend, contender, but at least a playoff caliber team. Green Bay is playing like right now. Can the Lions say, "Hey, you know what? That was a tough loss. We need this one. Let's go steal this one from Chicago and get it rolling." I think they do. I'm going to take the Detroit Lions minus three and a half. Though I don't love the hook because I do think this game might come down to a field goal. But I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Lions here and take them minus three and a half.
1: I'm taking the lines as well. And I'm scared of that, like a backdoor cover from like, you know, uh, fields going off. But what I, what I, when I was doing some analysis on this, and again, we, we use a lot of the PFF rankings and look at everything, but the linebackers and the safeties for the bears, none of them are in the top half of the coverage grades for their positions. I think Sam Laporta is going to have a gain. I think that's where they're going to have to focus. Cause I do think um, on the outside, like you said, Jalen Johnson's killing it, man, this dude's a stud. So um that on that side of the ball you know sam laporta and using the middle and then on the defensive side for the lions they just have to hold on they have to get pressure and have to hold on and i think justin fields may end up having a day on them luckily i like the athleticism of a lot of their linebackers we'll see how it goes i'm gonna go with the lions i don't feel good about this one either but um the three and a half is just brutal it's just brutal if it was three i yeah. feel a lot better about myself <laughs>
2: Yeah, and and a tough job gets tougher, right? On offense, the the last time these two played, Detroit struggled. They uh, They forced Jared Goff, Chicago's defense forced Jared Goff into a lot of turnovers. He had, what, three interceptions, four interceptions, something like that in that game. And since that week nine, two weeks before that, Montez Sweat joined the team. The Bears are fifth or better in yards per game, yards per play, takeaways, opponents' time of possession. All the things that Jared Goff really excels at and what make him a good quarterback. Not turning the ball over, getting rid of the ball, making the smart decision. Racking up yards on big plays; those are the things that Jared Goff does to make the Lions' offense better. I do think that there's there is uh, some regression to be had for a Bears team that that just isn't there yet. Uh, I think, and and as much as this defense might be able to keep them in the game, uh, I I think that that the uh, that the Detroit defense is uh, is due; they're due for a a game of their own. Um, I I really think that they uh can make this uh, really interesting with a couple of takeaways by themselves and the lions are five and one against the spread as road favorites under dan campbell uh nine and two against the spread in their last 11 road games so they're going to travel um and, and you know i know they're playing a dome in detroit but it's cold up there too boys. so uh, i'm going to take the lions as well
0: on the road all right we're all in on the lions uh, up next, Colts minus one at Cincinnati. Again, the Bengals coming off the dramatic Monday night win. Short week for the Bengals. The Colts coming off of a dramatic win in overtime. Both teams coming off. wonder when the last time we had two teams play each other the week after both winning in overtime. That's got to be a rare one. Yeah, that can't happen all that often, Uh, but we have it this week. Colts, one-point favorite here, and uh, I'm going to lock this one in, boys. The Colts minus one is my first lock of the week. Uh, The Jake Browning story is really fun, but historically speaking, whenever you have a backup quarterback, an unproven guy who has a really, really big week, it's pretty rare that they put it together multiple weeks in a row. And I think this Colts team has found different ways to win games. Right, they've won. They've been in shootouts this year. They've been in low-scoring games. They've been in defensive struggles. They've won games on the ground. They've won games in the through the air. You know, they didn't have James uh, Jonathan Taylor last week, and yet they still found a way to win. Uh, The Colts, as a whole, defensively, have been a much better team than I think people realize. They're number nine in the uh, in the NFL right now in in terms of pass defense. So they're playing really solid football across the board. And I believe in Gardner Minshew. Like if to me, this comes down to a, if if the books are saying it's a coin flip and you're giving me Gardner Minshew versus Jake Browning, I would rather have Gardner Minshew in that battle. Um, I think Michael Pittman we kind of talked about is like the, the next iteration of Mike Evans. He's just Mr. Reliable. Alec Pierce has become a really solid play, especially in the run game. And I'll say this, like Zach Moss isn't Jonathan Taylor. But he has been really good this year. He's bet he's been better this year than he ever was when he was in Buffalo. That offensive line is graded out in the the top ten, top five, top ten area. Uh, I-, I like this Colts team. I think they continue and I think they end up making the postseason. I really do. I think that their skate sc- their schedule kind of favors them too as well. Uh, and I think this is a game that if they have their heart set on making the postseason. This is one of those games that you're going to have to find out a way to win, especially against the backup quarterback who, albeit, put together a really impressive game against the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars on Monday night. I don't think he's going to be able to do it two weeks in a row. I think there's going to be a few mistakes here, some turnovers, some interceptions. I think the Colts take advantage of it. Lock me in, Indy, minus two for my first lock of the week. Who wants it next? I thought I did, but I I need to – this is tough.
1: It was a good argument. I mean, their defense might be the difference. I, I'm I'm leaning that. Like I like Jake Browning. Uh, so if you guys remember him coming out of college, he was the guy who at one point was going to be a number one quarterback overall <laughs> taken in the draft. And then he went back to Washington, and, and things happened. But he was projected. It was the you know right after the draft's done, they're like the way too early projections for the next year, and like he was the number one guy that at that point. He was in that. Yeah. He was in that world a little bit. Yeah. 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 So he was, but then that, that next year, he didn't kill it. And I guess the point is he has the talent. Um, I just think they're to your point, their defense is a little different. Uh, The Colts line has definitely taken their step up from where they were last year. Um, A little back on track more with what we expected them to be. And they're a fun team to watch, Uh, but I'm going Bengals, And I'm going to ride out this, this rookie wave. I'm just a fan of Jake Browning um and i'm excited that he's getting an opportunity to to at least throw the ball around because as you can tell he, he can read defenses he's quick that's usually all it takes to be at least some successful in the nfl
0: well here and real quick here i'm looking around and i'm actually seeing the line has moved to cincy minus one. Oh, did it move all the way
1: to cincy yeah it did yeah
0: that's that's what i'm seeing right now is cincy I minus too. one um which I'm, I'm still keeping my lock. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting two points there. So from what I was already going to take as a lock. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. I don't know if that changes anything for you, Vito. Um, I just want, I just wanted sticking with it as well. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that before we got going. Uh, I didn't want people, you know, freaking out or whatever, but yeah, I'm still leaning with Colts plus one now. Um, Scotty, what about you?
2: I don't know where you're seeing that, but, um,
0: uh, ESPN and ESPN GF, and PFF uh, both have Cincy nice. as a oh yeah minus one
2: a, a whole swing uh, even more reason for me to take the uh, take the Colts uh, I'm with you man because the plus one I was I was ready to go Bengals all day accurate quarterback moves uh, able to to get the ball out on time I'm thinking hey maybe he's got a late game winning drive Jake Browning to get them down the field and Ed McPherson scores a game winning field goal. Colts minus one, I'm going to take that all day and tell you gardner is going to move the shit out of the ball and win this game outright. Uh, so, I mean, you could take your pick which one you want there. I'll go um, Colt-Tangles uh, on this one. Uh, yeah, this Honda. is
1: crazy. You're, to your point, Scotty, on DraftKings, Colts minus one on this. I'm looking through my game when, when I, apps, I, yeah, it's when I typed over. it in the sheet. It's, yeah. yeah, it's all over right now. So some apps have Colts minus one, some have Bengals minus one it's a whole mix. So well, and
0: that's why i like uh the way pff does it cuz pff takes the market average. Yes. And and that's how they break cuz the the pff actually has it right now at at pff's own grade actually has cincinnati minus 1.9 is how they have this averaged out right now. Mm-hmm. Um but the the uh, at the market average has uh cincy minus 1. So the pff likes cincinnati a lot in this game. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see, but, uh, me and me and Scotty rolling with the Colts veto in with the Bengals. Uh, all right. The other half from that Monday night game, the Jaguars are now going to the Cleveland Browns, Joe Flacco against CJ Beathard. Just what everybody thought when we were coming into the season, what we would see in this game. Um, the Browns are three point favorites at home here. The, the defense, again, this, this defense, I think we've labeled to be. One of the best defenses in football. And there's been moments, especially to start off the season, where they really looked like it. But as we've mm-hmm. detailed before, the Bengals or the Browns have gone up and down all year. There's been moments that seem like, damn, this Cleveland team is is ridiculously good. And there's times where it seems like, I don't know, they gave up 38 points to Garner Minshew and the Indianapolis Colts. So I, I'm not 100% sure which way to lean on with this game. Joe Flacco played better than what the final score of that game against the Rams looked like. I think the Jags are going to struggle to move the football I, in general with CJ Bethard. I think the Browns know they're going to try to run the football a lot. A uh, little fun side note. We have Doug Peterson against Jim Schwartz here, the, the former head coach and defensive coordinator from the 2017 Eagles. I don't know if they've ever faced off against each other, um, but it, You know, is there any carryover? They spent a long time together in Philly. You know, what do they know about each other? What do they know about each other's defense? Is there going to be any of that kind of gamesmanship that gets involved here in this game? Um, But honestly, Joe Flacco played well. And it felt like even when Deshaun Watson was in, with the exception of that one game, the one he ended up getting hurt and, and knocked out of the rest of the season for, Joe Flacco threw the ball better than I think any other Browns quarterback has thrown the ball, if you're just talking about straight up throwing the ball from the pocket. Uh, And I think that should be enough against this Jaguars team. The Jags defense uh, has some problems. The one thing that can really disrupt this Browns offense with Joe Flacco is his lack of mobility and a really good pass rush. And as we've seen right now, uh, Josh Allen has cemented himself as like one of those not quite the Bosa Uh, you know, and, and, or TJ Watt, Miles Garrett tier, not even quite that Bosa, Hassan Reddick, like that tier below. He's kind of right in that mix with the Max Crosby's and all those guys. He is, he is that good. And, and his advanced numbers prove it. Um, So if we get a huge game from Josh Allen and he ends up disrupting the shit out of that backfield and, and because Flacco, the second he's going to start sensing pressure, he's going to go down. So Flacco has got to get the ball out quick. I think this is a low-scoring game. I like the under in this game. I'm not sure what it's at right now, but my guess would be somewhere in that 35 to 36 zone. I'm going to take 31. 31, wow, okay. Which that that would have tied the lowest record uh, that we had this year. Patriots-Steelers opened at 31. It's been bet down to 30. We're seeing 31 for this game. I still like the under. I think both offenses are going to struggle a little bit but I think Flacco's experience and and some of the playmakers there in Cleveland are going to do just enough. I'm going to take the Browns minus three here. Uh, again, don't love it. This game's not going to be as fun as we probably thought it would have been even just a week ago or two weeks ago. Um, but I'm taking Jacksonville, or sorry, I'm taking Cleveland here minus three.
1: This is a tough one too. I, I think what's, to your point, the difference in the quarterbacks, right? Both are being replaced. Um, but when you're talking about probably the MVP of his team, at least of that side of the ball and Josh Allen and on the Brown side, it's been a rotating door anyway. Right. Um, And I think that's going to be the difference. They're used to this. They've had to play through it. Uh, I, I do think Jim Schwartz is going to get after uh, the quarterback. Like there's going to be some blitzes dialed up here for sure. Um, And, and under pressure, who do I trust more? Uh, It's Flacco. Um, Now I, I am hoping as a Broncos fan that the Browns continue to drop. And uh, I think that they could, I definitely think, especially if they move miles Garrett on the inside against some of the Jaguars defensive line, like Brent Sheriff. I love him, but he, he's still like the center and on his side and the tackle over there on the right side has not played the best for the Jaguars offensive line. Um, man, this is such a coin flip for me. And it really says, right? Neutral field. This would be even Browns minus three at home. This is a tough one. I'm going to take the Jaguars with the extra three. Um, I I do think the Browns could win. I, I Half of me wants to pick the Browns, but I'm going to be rooting for the Jags. I need them to win. I'm going to take the Jags.
2: Yeah, and on offense for Cleveland, it doesn't have to be the Joe Flacco show, right? All it takes is one explosive play, and I think he's good for that still. Um, and really, take notes from the game that the Niners played against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Run the shit out of the ball. That's yeah. what Cleveland's really good at and and they ran all over and neutralized Josh Allen in the process. So you get you double team him on the outside with your with your guys on the left and they don't move him around a ton to to be honest, more, not as much as they should Josh Allen. Um neutralize him with those two guys out on the left including big old Joe Betonio, Pizon out there on the uh, on the left guard for uh, for Cleveland. Um and I think he, you'll be able to run the bun out. I, I don't know if they're going to have cream in this game. He's still questionable. He's been in and out of practice. I think he missed practice Wednesday. He might have been on the field today. I'm not sure. I haven't checked. Um, but either way, you got your own forward serviceable back, um, mm-hmm. back there. Um, so you just pound the ball, like Cleveland style football. And then uh, this to me is a bet on the defense. Like I believe a million times more in the Browns defense, Um than I do in in C J Beathard having any success against it because the game plan to me seems pretty simple find Travis Etienne find Calvin Ridley when you can uh, and give it to Evan Ingram and that's that's pretty much it right like that's all they've gotten in the in the in the pipe there's no dynamicism coming out of a guy like Trevor Lawrence who can move the pocket do it with his legs he's got five touchdowns on the ground this year um, and, and now you're missing that so um, I'm going to take the Browns uh, and it's a huge bet on their defense screw it I'm going to lock it
0: oh oh. All right, Scotty locking in the Cleveland Browns minus three in this one. Uh, all right, up next, Panthers at Saints. The Saints are a five-point favorite at home in this game. Uh, right now, still unsure if we're going to see Derek Carr. He's listed as questionable. He's going through concussion protocol right now. Uh, expecting to see Jameis Winston right now? Yeah, we don't want to see Derek Carr. <laughs> no, this this should be the Jameis and Taysom Hill show. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, the Panthers have been bad, but the one thing I will say is like their their defense is better, has been playing pretty well, right? They're sixteenth right now according to PFF and team defense. Uh, their their secondary, excuse me, their secondary has had some some decent moments in this uh, this season. Um, but ultimately, for them, it's like Brian Burns up front, it's uh, it's their interior defensive line, Derek Brown, it's it's that linebacking room. But I just I have a hard time. The thing is, like, if it's Jameis. There's going to be like James is going to throw for like 400 yards, but he might also have three picks. You know, uh, to me, Damn, I right? think the the, the more and so like that to me could is just like you're. There's no way to predict it. There's no way to predict what we're going to see out of Jameis Winston. But we will see no matter who's playing, whether it's Derek Carr or Jameis is we will see a healthy dose of Taysom Hill, and we've seen him do a very good job of being able to move the chains consistently. Um, to me, the bigger question here is that Panthers offense going up against the saints defense it's the worst offense in the nfl uh you know bryce young's had a tough year and that offensive line is going to struggle against a really good front from new orleans the saints defense has not played great over the last few weeks so a lot of those numbers early part in the season that had the saints ranked as a top five top 10 defense have kind of started to slide away but this does feel like a good opportunity for them to kind of bounce back and win a game big uh However, the Saints team has been one of the hardest ones to trust all year. And and how many times, how many weeks have we gone through these games? And I've said the same thing. I'm done picking the Saints. I'm done picking the Saints. And yet, I still think I might be leaning Saints here. That five number is the thing that's throwing me off a little bit. It's right in smack middle of the Vegas zone. What do you guys think right now? Saints minus five, or do you like the Panthers plus the points? I
1: can't take the Panthers. I'm taking the Saints. I know it's divisional. I know it's close. I just can't do it. I'm I'm going Saints just just purely because I cannot take the Panthers. I, I won't. Yeah. It's
2: it seems like over analysis to be like, well, the Panthers covered last week against the Bucks team that we think is kind of similar to the Saints. It's divisional, uh, no. like they do it's, cover divisional <laughs> games. It's it's a thing, it's, but yeah. they're bad. Look, and and last week, I think a lot of that had to do with, oh, this is a different Panthers team than we've seen because they just got rid of their head coach. And like now uh, there's not that game that they're fired up for uh, as much as they were last week after uh, after their head coach got fired. So this is one of those you can throw out all the numbers and, and stats you want. They've looked better. The defense is playing better for the Panthers. No, dude, this is in New Orleans. This is Jameis and Taysom. Throwing and running the shot of the ball, I think they get three or four touchdowns by themselves, and then Chris Olave is going to have a big day and finally get back into the end zone again, uh, and and get some of those receiving guys back. I think this is a game too where Alvin Kamara can be super useful in the passing game, as they've used him uh, so well and so adeptly all season long. So uh, I'm going to take the Saints too uh, by a couple of touchdowns. Uh, I think I'm I might lock it. No, don't do it. Scott, you can't do two NFC South Uh, I'll take the saints.
0: So the Panthers have covered four out of their last six games. Now th- going back to the win against Houston, they win that game 15 to three. They get blown out by Indy 27, 13, they cover against Chicago, 16 to 13. That was a three point loss. Uh, they lost by 23 to Dallas. That was a beatdown. They lost by seven to Tennessee. And then they lost by three last week to Tampa Bay, um, at some point in the NFL, you just have these games. And, and the first time these two teams played in week two, it was a 20-17 to 17 game, you know, and, and the Panthers only lost by three in week two against a, a really – at that point, the Saints defense was like one of the top five, top ten defenses in the league. I can't believe I'm doing it, but I'm going to take the Panthers plus the points. And I I know it's going to be like 14 nothing in the first quarter, and I'm going to be like, what the – buck was i thinking (laughs) but i just i this point of the year like there's not a whole lot to play for if you're the panthers they were the first team technically eliminated last week but they've at least done enough right like their defense has played well enough and i'm banking on Jameis playing in this game i know there's going to be turnovers i know there's going to be some wild shit that happens and i think that that chaos factor kind of favors the team that's getting points so I love Jameis, but I, I I think Carolina finds a way to keep this one close. I know the Saints still have playoff hopes alive. The Panthers don't, but all these guys are playing for contracts. I'm, I'm gonna take the Panthers. I I hate it already. I hate it. The Santers Panthers came question out of my mark. Mouth. Panthers <laughs> question mark. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Next game: Texans minus three and a half at the New York Football Jets. The Texans. They've been playing really good, right? We've talked about them for week on week, and it seems like they just keep finding ways to win games. This is going to be one of their biggest tests of the year, right? They're playing the best defensive team in the NFL. They're also going to be playing Zach Wilson, who after uh, some uh, some reports that came out that said perhaps Zach Wilson might refuse to take his starting quarterback job back, uh, he will be starting at quarterback this week for the New York Jets. Uh, The Texans defense has shown some holes despite being young but I just have a hard time seeing this Jets offense scoring more than 10 points right so to me it comes down to do I can you get 14 points against the Jets if you are the Texans and I think they can no tank Dell is a huge loss for them his ability to stretch the field right like this this offense will look different. But Nico Collins has been really good. Noah Brown has been good for them. Uh, Dalton Schultz, a tight end, has been good for them as a third option. And they've been able to run the ball, too, over the last few weeks. I'm leaning Texans here. I hate that line at three and a half. I just, this is, again, a bet where it's like, I know the Texans' offense is good enough to get me two touchdowns. So can the Jets, or can the Texans hold the Jets to less than 10 points? Which I think they probably can. So I'm going to take Houston here at minus three and a half. Don't feel great about it but I am going to take the Texans minus three and a half.
1: Yeah, man, it's tough. That I mean, the Jets' defense is so – it really is just so good. They have players everywhere. They have two – the, the probably the best uh, tandem and corner in the NFL um, with, you know, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. I, they're going to be able to severely limit, I feel like, what C.J. Stroud does. This might be the first game C.J. Stroud looks like an actual rookie. Um, I really think this is the team to do it to him. But I'm not going to bet on it. I'm
2: taking the Texans. Mm. Yeah, you, you said it, man. This, he's passed every test that he's gotten so far, and this is going to be the toughest one of the year, I think. Um, Except for when they Jets play ha- the Panthers. <laughs> okay. The Jets are uh, an NFL-worst minus .26 points per uh, – expected points added per dropback. C.J. Stroud is top five in that – He's top five in passer rating. He's top five in passing yards. And he's top five in touchdown inter- interception ratio. Do I think that dips a little bit against this defense? Yes, but I think he passes another test and goes into uh, into New York, and uh, who hasn't played well at home, by the way, uh, and, and takes care of business uh, against the Jets.
0: By the way, going back to our conversation from last week, I would have CJ Stroud as MVP before Brock Purdy, just saying it. Um, okay. I mean, what, what he's doing right now, like think about that, the the supporting cast for Houston is really not that much different than it was a year ago, right? Like tank Dell was really the only addition and like Robert Woods, but Robert Woods has been in and out of the lineup all season. Uh, It's so impressive. Like Houston wasn't doing this. Nico Collins was like an afterthought, you know, when Davis Mills was his quarterback, like the fact that CJ Stroud is doing this as a rookie is is the most impressive rookie season I think I've I've ever seen. Uh, I think I think it has surpassed Andrew Luck, and and Andrew Luck was was damn good that year too. Um, no disrespect whatsoever. Up until this year, it was probably the best rookie season ever. I just every time like Scotty you rattling through those stats, it just boggles my mind that we're talking about a rookie. You know, a rookie with not a, an unbelievable supporting cast either. Just a dude who's who's playing with good talent and is is truly like elevating them. It's it's so. And special. who got
2: who got thrown out there day one and said it's your show, kid, go do it.
0: Yeah, and hasn't blinked. Yeah. you know, like that. It's crazy to think that that loss week one to Baltimore. We all thought like, ah, Baltimore's probably rusty. They kind of let this you know young team hang around. Houston's not going to be that good. That, that game was kind of indicative of like what Houston was going to be this year, which Except was like the they're yeah. they're going to be around and they're going to win games and they sure should have. And, yeah, I think they went on, on Sunday. I'm uh, changing right. my picks to the Jets. Sorry. Oh, I'm last minute I don't switch. Know. I, I think and, – and you
1: know why? Here's a stat, and I don't know why I care so much about this, but I do. Jets' strength of schedule played so far, first in the NFL. Texans, 28th. They have just played dominant people. They've kept games close. It's three and a half. The hook is what got me. I'm changing the
0: Jets. Hey, I mean, and that's a fair call, right? I mean, putting up 14 points against the Jets is not necessarily easy, but I also look at it, it's like how Atlanta scored 13 last week against the Jets. The Texans are a much better offensive team than that. But
2: And it's a bet on their defense, the Jets, yeah. really. Like you're, you're saying they're going to yeah. score one, maybe two touchdowns. On defense. Which they could, you know, sure could. You
0: know like yes, yes, seems, with how yes. good that Jets defense is, they yeah. could. Uh <laughs> also fun little sauce sauce Gardner versus uh uh single uh single tear what am, uh what am I blanking on his name? Um the lsu cornerback. the uh, Stingley. Stingley? Stingley I, I, I keep on you yeah. want to call him uh yeah, Stingley Jr., two t- top five cornerbacks. You know, from the same draft class. It'll be interesting see if there's any. Oh, and he he
1: killed us on the Broncos. They look so good on defense. Man, I'm going, I'm going, I'm switching back to Texans. So, I, I this is so, I, I'm all over the place snip, snap, today with snip, these
0: snap. picks. I like it. I like it, Vito. I Just like keeping it. the listeners on their toes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Last game of the one o'clock window, and then we'll take a quick break. We have Rams at Ravens. I think this is definitely the, the game I'm most excited about uh in that early window because i think the rams i think the rams are legitimately like good football team i don't think they're great i don't think they're you know they still might even miss the playoffs but I do think the Rams are a pretty good football team and they've played really well when they've had to play up against teams that are better than them, right? The the Seahawks games on paper, the Seahawks are a better football team. They played up. They won both of those games. They were underdogs in both of those games, the Eagles game, right? They played up. They played really hard for three quarters. The Eagles kind of broke away late in the fourth and made it a two score game. Um, they still played and fought really hard throughout that game. Even the games again the game against the Niners, right? Like that game was closer than people thought. Um, and I think they end up playing again. Right, Scotty, they play again in a couple weeks. Rams, yes. Niners. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. They've only yeah. played once this year. Well, no, um, that's
2: week. I think that's week eighteen. Yeah. Week
0: eighteen. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, in the in the one game that we have seen team, that game was a little bit close. I think the Rams are a team that can kind of play up to their opponents. What's interesting is so have the rate or so have the Ravens. Like the Ravens, when they've been tested with team with good teams on their schedule, the the Lions game, the Seahawks game, they have dominated those games. However, there is no Mark Andrews here. John Harbaugh coming off of a bye. not quite Andy Reid level of success, but has been very well done, very well in his career coming off bye weeks. Uh, a seven point spread here, I, I it feels about right. I I could see this game going either way. Right, I could see the Ravens absolutely dominating this game. Running the ball all over the Rams, Uh, the Rams run defense is not spectacular. And we're talking about the best running team in football right now. It seems like Keaton Mitchell is going to be the guy moving forward here for the Baltimore Ravens. The Rams, on the other hand, like they've done a good job uh, attacking teams at the cornerback position with two really, really good wide receivers. Uh, And Stafford had this whole season for, for the Rams kind of been up and down with how Stafford's been playing or whether or not he's healthy or not. I like Baltimore here. I think Baltimore again coming off of a bye week. I, I I just think they're top to bottom a better football team. And honestly, this is the time, right? If you're a, if you're the Ravens, right? This is a hey, let's grab the AFC by the fucking balls, right? The 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 Jags are banged up. Trevor Lawrence, they lose a game. The Chiefs lose a game last week, right? So and and so at this point, all you have left is the Dolphins, and that's going to sort itself out at the end of the regular season here. This is an opportunity if you're the Baltimore Ravens to take this season to grab it by the balls and say, Hey, this is ours. We're going to take the AFC because that one seed will be very important. I think Baltimore does. And I think they win this game by about 10 to 12 points. So I'm going to take the Ravens minus seven. I'm doing the same and it's
1: an easy block for me. I, I think they need to win this game. Harbaugh buys only nine and seven. I thought you'd have a better record against the spread nine, and seven against the spread. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think that this team has it this year, man, defensively, offensively, if they get up. Um, they have the secondary that can cause some problems for Stafford and, and per um, and Nakua and Cooper cup hasn't really gotten too involved still. Uh, but still uh, I I believe in the Ravens. I'm going to lock it up.
2: Yeah. The like success that. of the Rams offense has been when they run Kyron and open things up for either Cooper or Puka Uh and Tyler Higbee who's come on in the last couple of weeks. It's going to be tough. I mean, the the Rams or the uh the Ravens give up 102 yards on the ground per game that's 11th uh best in the league. Uh I just don't see a world where where even if they do run the ball super effectively, that they're going to be able to throw uh throw a ton against this defense with any success the way that Matt Stafford has been playing all year. Um, unless they draw up a game plan like they did, you know, the first quarter against the uh, the Niners, like you said, there, Jeff. Where it was short pass to Nakua, short pass to to Cooper, short pass to Nakua, short pass to Cooper. Run, run, run. Short pass and, and just neutralize anything, um, any uh, any long passes that would uh, that would give the defense an opportunity to a get to the quarterback and b uh, provide an opportunity for a turnover where they play. Um, I just don't see a world where where the, the Ravens defense doesn't scheme up for that on offense. Their offensive line is probably the nastiest in the league. They're absolute dogs. I love this uh, Baltimore Ravens offensive line. I think the, the the Ravens offense is going to be just fine. They've proven that without Mark Andrews, they can w- move the ball as eight flowers is good, uh, has been really good uh, and, and running the ball. It's a three headed monster. So pick your poison uh, behind uh, Lamar Jackson, who can also run the ball too. And um, yeah, I think the I think the touchdowns, uh, I think a touchdown is solid uh, for for the line here at home, too. Uh, so I'm going to give the uh, the Ravens the nod uh, with the
0: touchdown favorite. All right, we're all on the Ravens. Scotty has them locked in, and that well, does right, it for us. Uh, sorry, Vito. Sorry, Scotty. Uh, all right, so that has us for the 1 o'clock games. So we'll take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to hit the rest of the games as well as pick Army-Navy as we have one of the best college football games of the year coming up this weekend as well. So take a quick break. We'll be back. All right. The afternoon slate is honestly probably a little bit better. We got uh, three good games, uh, four good games, actually Uh, could potentially end up being a couple of blowouts, depending. I mean, it feels like every time we get excited for a good game this year, uh, we kind of get let down with a couple of blowouts, but uh, I'm excited for this one. Uh, We'll start off with Scotty. Your Niners. 10 and a half point favorites at home against the seattle seahawks we saw what happened just a couple weeks ago on thanksgiving the last time these two teams played seahawks offense did look really really good against uh the cowboys last week on thursday night plus the seahawks get a little bit of added rest going into this game uh but the niners feel like they are rolling i guess the big question coming into this game is like is is there a letdown spot is there a letdown spot potential with this game, right? You just come off this massive emotional win that for, for the Niners players was almost a year in the making coming off the NFC championship game. You go back to Philly, all the chaos that ensues with everything with Dre Greenlaw and and Dom and all this stuff that's going on. Uh, is this, it feels like with any other team, this would be a potential letdown spot, but I still just feel like with how good of a roster and how good the defense is, um, And the explosive, the explosive players, like just across the board, it just kind of feels like the Niners are when they're healthy, just can't be stopped and and let, let down game, you know, be damn. I just, I don't see this team slowing down anytime soon. Divisional game should be pretty easy to get up for, but the Seahawks are also kind of fighting for their, uh, their, their life here. Uh, If they lose this game, they drop to six and seven. That would be, uh, was it five straight losses, four straight losses for them if they lose this one. So there's a lot riding on it, Scotty. How are you feeling about your boys coming into this game?
2: I feel good, but to your point, that's why I hate this line at ten and a half. You know, like if it was nine and a half, eight and a half, um, even in a divisional, um, I'd be all over that, and you wouldn't have to think twice about it. Uh, that game on Thanksgiving Day, well, it was night for for us uh, out here on the East Coast. 169 total rushing yards, 209 total receiving yards. And that defense was absolutely locked down with six sacks and only allowed uh, 180 passing yards by Geno Smith. I don't see a whole lot of difference. In fact, I think they're better this week for having beaten the the uh, gone on the road and beaten what we think are the best uh, at that time one of the best team and still one of the best teams in the NFL and Philadelphia Eagles. Best record doesn't
0: matter. Like that's why you play the games. Absolutely, Um, but. Not actually no no that's not why we play the game Scotty we <laughs> talked about this on Tuesday
2: look uh look I I think when you boil it down to as explosive as the offense has been for for Seattle over the past couple of games like they played a really good defense last week in Dallas um and and put up a lot of points um but the defense over the past month has ranked 31st in points allowed with 30.4 a game 28th in total yards per game allowed at 385 and rush yards allowed per game at 150. When you're going up against Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and and Brandon Ayuk on the outside, and what Debo can do in the run game, plus you got George Kittle uh, that that can go off at any time, and the way Brock Purdy has has been doing with you know taking care of the ball and making smart decisions, I don't see a world where they score <laughs> less than ten and a half points of the difference in the spread. So I, I, this to me is another uh, uh replating of game of uh of what we saw on thanksgiving if not more um i think it's another 30 point game for the niners at the very least and i think that that the defense will continue to do what they do as long as we stay healthy uh i think i think it's another blowout win for us and the niners cover the 10 and a half
0: yeah I'm, i'm kind of inclined to agree with you there scott i um i think san francisco is is just too good top to top to bottom. And if you just look at the teams, the Seahawks have played, like their defense is still really young and there's a lot of really good talent on that Seahawks team, but they are really young. Right. Uh, and and that's why I've said for a while, like them in Detroit kind of feel like mirror images of each other at times. And when you look at whenever Seattle's played a, a even just a, a good to solid offensive team uh, they've lost, you know, and they've given up a lot of points, right? Like the Rams twice, they give up, uh 30 to the rams the first time they held them to 17 the second time but still uh they gave up 31 to detroit they won that game but still too many points they had that weird loss to cincinnati when joe burrow was back and it was 17 to 13 but remember how many times like the Bengals got to the red zone and just couldn't finish that's not going to happen with this niners team uh there was a ton of yards in that game but this didn't necessarily equate to points because of turnovers uh, you look at the game against Baltimore, they lose, they give up 37 points to Baltimore. They give up 26 to the commanders, uh, 31 and 41 in the last two weeks against San Fran and Dallas. This is a tough stretch. And I think it's going to continue here for uh, for Seattle. I do like this team, but you know, they, when they agreed to sign Geno Smith to that, you know, two, two year deal with the third year option, you always kind of knew it wasn't going to be a long-term answer. And as long as Geno continued to play at a really high level, you're like, all right, hey, like this team can win a bunch of games. They can be a playoff team. Unfortunately, they are a rebuilding team with a, you know, middle of the road aging quarterback with Geno Smith. And uh, I just at this point, I think San Francisco should be a 10 point favorite against every team in the league. Like I, at least a touchdown against every single team, 10 point favorite against most teams, if not more. Um, So I, I'm going to take San Francisco here at 10 and a half. Uh, and I'm going to lock it in as my second lock of the week. And a boy.
1: I'm locking it in as my third. Niners. Oh, I mean, there's shit. not much to say. <laughs> I mean, it's. I was thinking Seattle and just to leave it plain, but um, they played two weeks ago and they kicked their ass. So I don't think it's going to get much we better when they had to play Dallas. I, I think lock? you no. should do a pod lock. Come on, Scotty, get on in there.
0: Do you even believe in your team, Scotty? Yeah, you do you even, even believe lock them? In? I do. Like. Come on! Do you even lock, bro? Dude, dude, have you ever locked before? See, now I'm okay if I get this wrong because anytime we do the pod lock, it's the kiss of death. So,
2: no, that's why I'm not going to do it.
0: <laughs> but then it says you don't means you don't believe in your team. Come on, do that's it! I true. believe in I believe in the pod lock, dude. Make doesn't, us come back. Let's Vito, he doesn't be even believe the in the his team. Lock. How sad is that? He doesn't even no. believe in his team. The Niners, the Niners will get the pod lock. Come on, Scotty. Yeah, come on, do it, Scott. I want the yeah.
2: ring more than I want the Papa.
0: <laughs> wow. You can get them both, baby. You can get them both. Wow. You hear that? This Gito? game doesn't matter. He cares, he cares more about, about a, a regular season game than he does about the podcast. Wow. Wow. I don't know. This is, this is uh, tough. Okay. Is, hypocrite. Sh- <laughs> I was <laughs> waiting for someone to call me out on that. Come on. I can, I,
1: I, I, I lock the Broncos every week. Almost, so you I do know. pretty
0: much every week. Yeah. Uh, yeah six and seven. Week. So what <laughs> uh, All right. Up next Vikings at Raiders. The Vikings are three point favorites in this game. This is interesting, right? Cause we didn't see either of these teams play last week. Uh, we, I've liked what I've seen out of Aiden O'Connell. They've still the Raiders, despite blowing that two touchdown lead the last time we saw them when they played the, the Chiefs. You know, they've played well under Antonio Pierce, uh, but that roster still isn't great. And the Vikings, like the Josh Dobbs thing, was such an awesome story. But I said it at the time, like midnight is gonna come for the Cinderella, right? It always does. And 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 the Josh Dobbs story, as awesome as it is, like. He, there's a reason he did bounce around for a long time. Like the guy can play. He deserves to be at least the backup. He deserves to be in the NFL. He is good enough to do that, but is he good enough to lead a team to the postseason? especially after the way the Viking season started with all these wins in a row, they do get Justin Jefferson back, which is huge for Minnesota. So seeing Justin Jefferson back this week obviously slants this game significantly. We'll see if Josh Dobbs and him and obviously Addison's come a long way as well uh, this rookie year. I, I am leaning Vikings, but this is a hard one. And when it's close like this and you don't really have a strong feel one way or another, you're always tempted to take the points. I'm not a huge believer in this Vikings team, but I will say defensively, like their defensive line has been really good. Danielle Hunter was one of the best uh, edge rushers of the season. He was leading the NFL in sacks for a while. Uh, that has that now gone, by the way, to Khalil Mack leading the NFL in sacks this season. Uh, a lot of that comes from the six sack game he had earlier. But uh, I, I'm going to take Minnesota. I just believe in them a little bit more. And the thing is, is we've gone how many weeks now it's, it's been eight, nine weeks since we've seen Justin Jefferson play. Uh, it's kind of hard to forget, but I feel like we kind of have forgotten just how ridiculous that dude is. Uh, won't have the same chemistry that Justin Jefferson did with Kirk cousins, but still he's one of those guys that he just finds ways to get open. I think Josh Dobbs will be able to get the ball to a wide open Justin Jefferson, especially going up against the secondary. So I like, Minnesota minus the three against the Raiders. Um,
1: okay. So I was looking at this game and I totally believe in like, I kind of wanted to root for the Raiders. I like Josh Jacobs. Um, the Vikings defense, especially against the run is not necessarily the best, but, um, there's something about Dobbs. There's something about Jefferson. I'm gonna take the Vikings. Uh, I'm gonna take the Vikings minus three. um, I'm worried. I'm worried about Crosby. I'm worried about the the Raiders' offense. But they keep finding ways to lose, and Dobbs keep finding ways to win. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Aiden O'Connell's coming off his best game, too. Uh, and this is a, a Vikings defense who's improved over the weeks, but a defense you can still run on, uh, yeah. I think. And, and, and uh, with Josh Jacobs back there, um he's had a couple of big games in a row uh, so uh, i believe in the uh in the raiders ability to run the ball effectively to to dictate this game and i believe that uh that dobbs makes a mistake here and they're trying to get it too much to um to justin jefferson back mm-hmm. in the lineup because at this point they're just like they're just going to sling it to him, throw the ball up justin'll go get it right when what's worked has been when he's not there and like, Oh, Hey, TJ Hawkinson has been having big games and uh, suddenly we're able to run the ball really effectively. How do we mix Justin Jefferson back in that? I think it's pretty seamless for a guy of his caliber, but like at the same time, it's not Kirk cousins doing it. It's Josh Dobbs. Who's good and has been good. Um, But again, that chemistry thing, I think uh, might take effect. That Raiders defense is going to be, one that I think can neutralize TJ Hawkinson in particular and force you to throw that, make decisions to throw that ball up to Justin Jefferson or any of the other wide receivers. Going to be hard to run against them too uh, with the the Vikings uh, backfield at least. I'm going to take the Raiders here. I don't know why uh, as the home dogs, but uh, I haven't picked a home dog yet. So <laughs> this is at three, uh, I think a good time to do one.
0: Damn man, I really want to take... I really want to take the Raiders now. I, the, I, I, what it comes down to is like I just haven't believe, like fully bought into this Vikings team all season. Like even when they went on their winning streak, even especially at the beginning of the season, like I just I did not buy into the Vikings really at all this season, and I kind of, I kind of still feel that way. Um, I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna take the Raiders with you, Scott. I am. I think home dogs the way they've run. They went up to that big lead again. I don't think the Vikings are going to come back, not to say that they're going to go up to a 14-0 lead like they did against the Chiefs, but they have the capability of doing that. They've been able to move the ball against better defenses than Minnesota as well. Um, The one hesitation with that is Brian Flores, historically is very good against rookie quarterbacks, Um, but I believe in the running game, it's going to open up other stuff. I'm switching. I'm going to take the Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders with you, Scotty. All right. Up next, one of the games of the week, and one of the games we thought was going to be one of the biggest games in the NFL this season, Bills at Chiefs. Uh one of the one of the most fun rivalries we've had over the NFL uh in the NFL over the last couple of years. Um that is not a divisional rival, it's a conference rival here. Bills and Chiefs, the Bills still fighting for their life. Uh they are still in um playoff contention, right? So if I'm I'm, I'm pulling up the playoff bracket right now. Um, if you look at the playoffs the uh the there we go sorry ESPN froze for a second the bills they're in 11th right they're in 11th place they're behind the Bangles they're behind the Broncos uh but they're only one game behind the Colts and Texans right who are both sitting there at seven five as well as the Steelers and the Browns the Steelers and Browns can both easily drop to seven and six this week Indy could Houston could right and if all of a sudden Buffalo wins this game. They're sitting there at seven and six. Cincinnati, Denver might lose. We could be in a situation. We're talking about like the bills jumping up to the eighth seed after this weekend. And they're next thing, you know, they are all set. The offense has been good all year. The chiefs, they feel like they're coming down on a, on a major downslide lately. Right. Um, As of right now, I have no idea what to make of the chiefs. You want to give them the benefit of the doubt because it's Patrick Mahomes. But in their last three games, like, yes, they came back and they, they dominated the, the last three quarters in that game against the Raiders. But that game, like, they still didn't look awesome. The defense feels like it's starting. You're starting to notice the weight that the defense has been carrying for this team. They still don't have anyone to throw the ball to outside of uh, Travis Kelsey and, and sometimes Rayshie Rice. I I have a hard time. Fully counting out Buffalo, and I also have a very hard time of saying that the Chiefs aren't as good as they normally are. The Chiefs are a two-point favorite of this game at home. I feel like that line's pretty much dead on. This feels like a pick'em. Um, I have no idea. I- I'm really, st- I'm really stumped on this one, Vito. Where are you leaning on this one?
1: Bills, baby.
0: I think, I think
1: the difference is to your point, the desperation. Um, and I also just, I really, really do believe that. This Bills team is better than people think. I'm worried about um, them stopping the run, but the defense has played pretty well. Uh, not great in all, all recent weeks, so don't get me wrong, but I still think that this team is really solid. I, I definitely like on their defensive side, if you look what like Tyrell Dodson's done at the linebacker spot, um, and then specifically their line has played better than I think they're getting credit for. Uh, but you know, they're gonna have to deal with Chris Jones. If they can deal with him a little bit, they have enough weapons, right? Like I, I could definitely see Gabe Davis, Dalton Kincaid having some games, and Josh Allen taking off with his legs. I think he's going to be the difference maker. I'm going to take the Bills, and um, this might be wishful thinking. I mean, honestly, I need both these teams to lose, but I I think that the Bills, for some reason, in this game, are going to have the edge. Um, Chiefs just lost; they don't lose twice often. That's the other side of it, right? Mahomes, um, he's one of those quarterbacks that's really hard to beat him twice in a row. Um, and who'd they just lose to? Well, so they on the Green Bay on Sunday night, that's right. It was Sunday night, yeah. You know what? No, I'm going Chiefs. Look at me flip flip. flop. They don't lose twice in a row, they don't lose twice in a row, yeah.
2: I was typing Mahomes instead of the Chiefs on our thing. I I believe in Mahomes, not the Chiefs. That's (laughs) that's that's a hundred percent right because that's that's what it boils down to for me. I believe in 15 more than I believe in 17 right now, And, and I believe that Mahomes a Mahomes led Chiefs team, uh, in, in the spot. Look, we all circled this game when the schedule came out in May, right? But like, would you believe that they both had ten combined losses uh, among them when when that no. happened? No. no, this was I would like not have thought they that. have like three or four combined losses. The only way I would have gonna thought that
0: would be like, well, Mahomes must have torn his ACL, and right? they and they were they had like seven or eight losses, and Buffalo yeah. had two. You know, that's the only way. That's crazy. Definitely not six and four losses combined, you know, for, for each of them.
2: No, no, we were thinking this game is going to go decide the, the one seed Um, the same way we thought last week with the, with the Niners and Eagles. Um, Dude, I I just, I I think it's 15, right? That dude, they're going to find a way and they're not going to lose twice in a row, especially not at home uh, with a two point favorite. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the Chiefs too. I think there's going to be a lot of, 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 passing yards in this game and the five games that they've played each other in heads to head. There's uh, Allen's averaged three hundred and thirty-four yards a game. Mahomes has averaged three hundred and forty six. So this is a sling it game. Uh and and then I give the advantage to uh to the Chiefs in the running game. Uh like Vito said. So I'm gonna take the
0: Chiefs here too. Yeah. As of right now, you know like- P- Oh, Oh I I, you know it's funny Scotty because I was I was kind of flirting with the same idea. Um, Look, Kansas City right now PFF has Kansas City as a one point favorite. Uh, The advanced numbers love Buffalo because Josh Allen has been the highest graded quarterback in the NFL this season. Um, His passer rating when clean is one hundred four. Mahomes is one hundred nine. Passer rating under pressure, Mahomes uh, uh, Allen seventy three. Mahomes sixty two. The big time throw percentage from Josh Allen leading the NFL at 5.09%. I mean, he he my, Josh Allen and and the criticisms of the turnover, the turnovers, I should say, um are, are fair, right? He he's made some mistakes. But also with the amount of injuries that this Buffalo team has had and has gone through, Josh Allen has had to be Superman this year. And not in years past, Superman, where he's diving over guys and taking unnecessary hits. It's He has to find ways to put up as many points as possible. And, you know, we saw in that game against the Eagles, like Josh Allen was doing everything he possibly could to win that football game and played a damn near perfect football game. The Chiefs defense is legitimately very good. And uh, as of right now, they're number three in points against defensively. The defensive line is really good. Chris Jones, especially in the interior of that defensive line, I think is going to cause problems for Buffalo. But that really hasn't mattered. It doesn't really matter what you've thrown at Josh Allen. He still has been unbelievable this year, despite some of the turnovers. And the turnovers hurt, don't get me wrong. But I just – it's hard not to pick Mahomes at home. But when you look at the last five games that Kansas City has played – none of them give you a ton of confidence that this is like a Kansas city team that we're talking about in years past. Right. They, yeah. they lose to Denver 24 to nine. Then they put up 21 points in the first half against Miami, get shut out in the second half and Miami almost comes back and wins that game. They hold on 21 to 14. They lose to Philly. Some may argue like right, the chiefs could have won, should have won that game. We'll never know. The Eagles did what they needed to do. They, Go down two scores early to the Raiders, end up winning that game by fourteen points, and then they lose by eight points to Green Bay. I to me, I have a hard time believing we're going to see back to back losses from from Kansas City. So I am going to take Kansas City minus two, but I don't I don't feel great about it because I do believe this Buffalo team might. I I I, I have a gut feeling Buffalo is going to end up in the playoffs, and there is no number to back up a gut feeling. It's just like it's a hunch, you know, and uh, and my hunch says that. But I think I do think Kansas City bounces back. They've been in a few close games this year that haven't gone their way. And that might be the reason that they don't end up as the one seed. But I think Kansas City figures out a way to win this game tight. And I'm going to take the Chiefs minus the two. All right. Uh, Up next, our last of the late afternoon windows. Vito, your Broncos at the Chargers minus three for the Chargers. This line makes no sense at all. Um, I know I've I've been a little bit of a, not a downer, but just a realist when it comes to, hey, the turnover luck thing that was going the Broncos way for that five-game stretch was, was a legitimate thing and was a big deal. Uh, they lost that and yet still were in the mix in that game against Houston, which tells me like, hey, this Broncos defense is legit. Um, Vance Joseph has figured it out. They, they, they're playing really high level football and the offense has been consistent. Brandon Staley came out and said that they might be making changes in the backfield because Austin Eckler's lack of production, which to me is more of an indictment on the, on the, uh, the, the coaching staff than it is on yeah. Austin Eckler. I, in no world should this chargers team be a three point favorite. So for you Vito and for the pod and for me and my pick. Third lock of the week is the Denver Broncos plus three. I love the Broncos in this spot. Their defense is legitimately very, very good. The wide receiver play for the Chargers has been abysmal outside of Keenan Allen, who, by the way, did you guys see? Keenan Allen got over a hundred catches last week already. How yeah, insane yeah, is no, that?
2: It's on my fantasy team.
0: He's, yeah, he's going to be getting a healthy dosage of, uh, of of Pat Sertan in this game. I know he's a little banged up, but still, I'll take Pat Sertan there to at least slow down Keenan Allen. But outside of Keenan Allen, there's nobody on this Chargers offense that scares you uh, in terms of pass catchers and receivers. And I don't believe in the Chargers defense at all. And, and say what you will, maybe it feels very like simple and rudimentary of this Broncos offense to kind of just be like, hey, we're going to do the Sean Payton thing for first and second down, and then we're going to give Russ a shot. Russ has looked good and he's found ways and you're going to give me three points, but I think the Broncos are the better football team right now. I'm going to take the Broncos here all day. Give me Denver, lock it in third lock of the week.
1: I'm going to lock two. And, and one other point I'll make is that the last week we had the Browns or two weeks ago, Broncos had the Browns and we did a great job holding off Miles Garrett, right? Cleveland Max had an amazing season, but he's the only star there. And I feel like we had a, a good dry run, if you will, with Miles Garrett, even though he did go down, but like, The game plan for that should kind of mirror what we're going to do offensively here. Had a good game there. We just need to contain their offense. I think we can. Broncos lock as well. Easy.
2: Beto, I'm doing this for you, bud, uh, because I feel like, and I'd have to go back and run the numbers, but I feel like I don't have a very good record of picking the Broncos and them covering. So because I think this game is probably a field goal game in the end and the three is dead on and I would – fully volunteer for this to be if we did pushes pick this as a push i'm gonna take the chargers to cover the three no i'm not yeah yeah i'll do it for you i'm gonna take the chargers to cover the three so that the the broncos have a shot because i don't i I believe more in the the broncos (laughs) winning the game i believe more in my ability or my ability to pick them and have them lose more than that, and and this is a weird uh explanation. So, long story short, I'm doing it for you. I really want the Broncos, but I'm going to take the Chargers' money. Dude, take the pod, make it a pod lock,
1: make it a pod lock.
2: No, because then they'll lose. That's what I'm saying. My record is abysmal when I pick the Broncos. See State, and, State you, you don't know that. <laughs> yeah, oh, fine, I'll do it for you. No, All right. no, I'm going to no, stick. No, 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 no. Not. I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers.
1: All right. All right. That's fair.
0: It it is worth noting. So, Khalil Mack, to your point, Vito, right? He has 15 sacks on the season. He's leading the NFL. He had the one game with six. That goes all the way back to week four. He had six sacks. Uh, So, then you're thinking, all right, well, that's only nine sacks the rest of the season. Khalil Mack has had two sacks in four out of the last five games. (laughs) So... Khalil Mack is, uh, is playing some pretty damn good football right now. Um, that being said, the overall production on the season hasn't been great. And, and one of the things that's impressed me has been the offensive line play of the Broncos. Like the, the Broncos are playing really solid. And, and particularly when they start to get downhill running the football, the chargers are one of the worst defenses top to bottom in the NFL. And I actually think this is a game where Russ will be able to have some big plays. I think some deep shots there, um, I mean, you have to feel great. Like I think one of the guys who's having an awesome season that really hasn't been talked about a ton is Cortland Sutton, right? I mean, he's oh, had incredible. multiple he's big got time nine plays. touchdowns. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's he's finding the end zone in in and look touchdowns. They always regress the mean, whatever. But he's always been a red zone guy. Um, mm-hmm. The touchdown catch he had against the the uh, the Texans last week in the front pylon there was an unbelievable vintage rust deep ball throw. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's getting separation, but he's also making plays and getting open in important moments of the game. Uh, and then on top of that, Judy is having his best year as a pro, uh, and, and he needs it too as he's approaching contract status for himself. So I think there's enough weapons that with how bad this secondary is for the Chargers, I feel like there's opportunities for us to be able to push the ball downfield a little bit. And I still think they'll be able to run the ball consistently uh, against this uh, this Chargers team. So, yeah, I to me, it's like I just I think the Broncos are a better football team. So, like, the, to me, this whole debate about, like, how how on earth are they considered, you know, a three point underdog is, is crazy when this Chargers team only put up six points. Now, granted, the weather and everything was bad against New England. But they only put up six points against New England, and I think the Broncos' defense is just as good, if if not better, in a lot of ways. And we all know it's a home game for the Chargers, but there's going to be a lot of Broncos fans in that stadium. It's going to feel like a home game for uh, for Denver.
2: Vito, good news for you, bud. What? I have not picked a Broncos game correctly all season long.
0: Not a single wow. Ball.
2: Not a single one. When I pick against them, they cover the spread. When I pick the Broncos, I'm, I'm Owen for our own. Thank you. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you for picking the
0: Chargers. There you go. I I, I love you. Okay. That's an (laughs) amazing stat. (laughs) That's incredible. I love that. Uh, all right. Sunday night. Eagles go to Dallas. The Cowboys are three and a half point favorites in this game. Um, I'll be honest. I don't feel great. Um, the Eagles have traditionally especially in the Dak era have done very bad in Dallas. Uh I actually I don't I think they've only won once in Dallas since Dak's been the starting quarterback. Uh while Dak has been the starting quarterback, I think he's missed one of those games in the last 7 years since he's been there. Um so look, this this to me is 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 a tough one. and This is one that the Eagles can really really use, right? If the Eagles win this game coming off the way they just got Shit pumped by San Francisco, it goes a long way in locking up the one seed, right? Which I think the Eagles have to have the one seed if they if they want to try to get a shot at, at you know redemption against the Niners, avoiding uh the Cowboys in the postseason. Like I think winning this game, getting that one seed, winning the NFC East, even, right? Because if they lose this game, then them and Dallas are tied. Now Dallas does have a tough remaining schedule, but winning this game goes a long way for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think they know that. And I think, look, you're coming off of a game where you got embarrassed at home against a team that was talking as much smack as San Francisco was talking and they, they beat you, they beat you plain and simple. And and that's exactly what everyone on the team said post game on Sunday, right? Was, you know, they came to our house, they beat the shit out of us. We didn't execute. We didn't do a good job. And they were the better football team. Um, You know, they didn't blame refs. They didn't blame anything else. They just said, Hey, like, We got our, we got our shit smacked and that's what this whole team has been about, right? They're always about accountability. This would be a very opportune time for the Eagles to play their first complete game of the season. Um, and, and I think there's some things that the Eagles are going to have to do that I think actually help them in this game, right? The Cowboys have struggled to defend the run, um, I think the Eagles need to be more consistent running the football that game against Dallas before Deandre Swift had a a, a very good game against Dallas was able to break some things out. Uh, Good news for the Eagles as well. Dallas Goddard full participant in practice. He returns this week. The last game that Dallas Goddard played in was against the Dallas Cowboys, right? So if you told me again, the Eagles go three and one in the games without Dallas Goddard, you would or two and one, I guess, because they had the bye week you would take that, right? They go uh, on that stretch between Miami, Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, and then, uh, San Francisco, they go forward one. You'll take that. So the Eagles are still in a very good spot, but this game goes a long way. And I think locking up their, their one seed and, and, you know, cause at this point, like they have that, that loss advantage over San Francisco. And if they win this game, they get Seattle. And then it feels like they'll be able to kind of clear it out, hold on to that one seed and give themselves home field advantage throughout the postseason, especially knowing that they lost the head to head against San Francisco. Um, this is a big Jalen spot, right? This is a game where it's like, hey, Jalen, like you you guys have started slow all year. You, you failed to execute in the red zone at multiple different times throughout this season. This is a game where you guys need to come out and play your best football, right? You're getting one of your best weapons back. Uh, your, your defense a little banged up, but, you know, Zach Cunningham looks like he'll be back. They go out and get Shaq Leonard. He's scheduled to play in this game. Uh, you're getting Dallas Goddard back which is super helpful. They'll be able to run that 21 personnel, that 11 personnel where they have three wide receivers and they have Dallas Goddard out there. I, I think this is a big spot for the Eagles and they know that they've struggled in Dallas, right? They know that Dak has owned them when they've played in Dallas. They need to figure out a way to win this football game. They need to bad. I'm curious where you guys land on it because I still think Dallas is a really good football team. I think that offense is really explosive. And I think the secondary is going to prove to be a very tough matchup with C.D. Lamb. And mean, you know, C.D. Lamb had, what, a buck 90 against them when they played last time, right? And C.D. Lamb's still been cooking. Uh, I'll be curious to see the adjustments that they made from last time because, you know, it was a very competitive game and both teams could run out the same ideas and the same game plan and it could completely flip-flop and the Cowboys could win that game. Uh, but the Eagles need this one. And, and I think after what happened last week, I feel like this might be the game that we see the best out of them. And the last thing I'll say, and then I'll let you guys go. The last time we saw the Eagles lose a football game, right? They lost that game to the Jets. It was the worst football game they played all year. They come out and they played a really tough opponent and with a really explosive offense and they played their best football game of the year by far and they beat the shit out of Miami Dolphins. If that's how they respond, just like they responded against the Dolphins after losing to the Jets, if they respond the same way in this game against Dallas after getting blown out by the Niners, I think we're looking at an Eagles win here. So uh, I'll be curious to see, but uh, I want to see what you guys have to say about this one. I've got the Eagles, man.
1: I mean, you're giving me three and a half, and here's what I think. You're coming off of a loss. I'm looking at the schedules, and, again, I'm going to one of my favorite stats, strength of schedule, Eagles – are uh played one of the toughest schedules to to date fifth or sixth sixth last week dallas is 31st who have Mm -hmm. they played and you start looking through their wins and all of a sudden you're like okay yeah you oh yeah you beat seattle Oh, but didn't they come back on you almost right like that was crazy seattle should have won that game too yeah. yeah so then you start going back and okay you beat the commanders you beat the panthers lost to the eagles that's the last good team you played and before that oh you played the niners you lost 42 to 10 so I, I'm looking through here, and yeah, they've beaten bad teams, but they haven't done anything against a good team all year. Um, I guess you give them the Seattle win, but it wasn't it wasn't a cover and it wasn't good. So I'm going to go ahead and take take the Eagles. I understand the defenses look great for the Cowboys. Um, there's some specific players that have stood out. Obviously, you talk about Bland with all his pick sixes and everything he's done. He's a number one rated defensive player on that team. And then at cornerback, then you have Parsons, extra Lawrence like they have some big boys back there uh on the line and they're fast but this is the line to deal with it and and Hertz they they can run the ball like I think the run run the damn ball those signs outside the Eagles practice facility uh yesterday were hilarious those two random guys yeah I saw that but and Sierra Ghani had a great response he's like yeah they're probably right we do need to run the ball more we need to focus on keeping around the ball and it was like yeah dude I don't care like they're right so it was what, what a great remark from my head coach. Just has been like, yeah, dude, I'm not going to like sit here and get all offended. Like, who cares? On the flip side, I don't think Prescott, again, when they face a defense like this, CeeDee Lamb, yeah, he can go off. But what else do you have? So you can give him 190 yards again. They're going to need more than that to beat the Eagles, and I don't think they'll get it, especially to cover three and a half. I'm taking the Eagles. And you know what? If you guys don't mind, I might take six locks this week because I need to catch up. I'm taking the Eagles as one of them. Wow. I like it.
2: I like it. My uh record is bad when you both take the Eagles and I don't. Um it's also <laughs> good when all three of us take the Eagles. But having said that, I can't I, the words aren't going to come out of my mouth, but the 49ers need a win by Dallas this weekend. For the brand. Um and I'm not going to pick based on that. I just want to say that straight away cuz no matter what I think we're the best two teams in football, us and the, and the Eagles and, and whether it goes through San Francisco or Philadelphia, I don't care. Um, Who's going to show up that day is really what matters. Um, Hopefully it's San Francisco though. Um, But look, the Cowboys offense I think can, can move the ball against this defense defense has been a sieve and the Cowboys have averaged 32 points a game uh, in a, in a pretty tough stretch here. So can they do that against this defense? The 49ers offense just proved they can put up 42. Um, but I don't think they're as good as the 49ers offense. And I think somehow, some way, uh, the the Eagles defense makes adjustments because it's gonna be, like you said, Vito, it's gonna be CeeDee Lamb. And then what else you got? You're gonna throw Brandon Cooks. Okay, great. He gets 75 yards. Keep him out of the end zone, keep him out of the red zone. That's what's gonna help you and eliminate the big plays. I I again, I, I think it's kind of ominous that um that Jalen hurts is this banged up and and the defense is playing that way going into this game. But I think, you know, with the adversity that they faced this year and, and to come out of it, 10 and two, I don't see a world where they go down to Dallas and, and and just fold uh, under the, under the pressure of having gotten their butt kicked uh, last week, having Dallas right on their heels in the division and San Francisco right on their heels for the conference. And so, I don't think that there's uh there's a world that the that the entire team doesn't rally around uh and galvanize around what happened last week and go down to Dallas and and not smack them in the mouth. I'm going to take as bad as it is for the for the 49ers one seed hopes. So I'm going to take the Eagles to to cover as well.
0: Yeah, I I think I'm leaning Philly. Um because I just I think it's going to be a close game either way in three and a half. I, I feel like that's just that that line just kind of favors Philly. Um I mean, no question, right? As a fan, like this is a must-win. Like you you have to you have to win this football game. Um the offensive line's healthy. The offensive line's playing really, really good football. Devontae, AJ Brown, healthy. Dallas Goddard back, healthy. Uh, between whether it's Julio or Quez Watkins, whoever you're putting out in the slot there as, as your third wide receiver, if they want to run, um, you know, 11 personnel, then they can go out and do that. Uh, you know, the Deron Bland, like, I, look, he's had an awesome year and all the pick sixes are great. It's very similar Boom to it's very similar to to Diggs, Right. I mean, he yeah. was the same way. Right. It's it's and that's it's, the interceptions are a stat that are a regression to the means type of of stat. Right. When Diggs yeah. had that year when he had 11 interceptions or whatever it was like last year, he followed it up. He wasn't even close to that number. Like that's that's just what happens. And DeRon Bland's playing great. Don't get me wrong. But he also got cooked, he also got cooked by AJ Brown. He got cooked by you know Devontae Smith when those guys were playing one-on-one. So I I I look at the Eagles right now as this is a must-win, right? And the one thing we've talked about this team, which is unquantifiable, is their inability or their ability to never quit, right? The fact that they're in every single game down to the wire, and it's the resiliency. And then the one time that they played terrible, got smacked in the mouth by the Jets and, and shot themselves in the foot a million times. They came out and put together their best game of the year against the Miami dolphins. And I think we see that again this week. So I I like the Eagles. We're all on the birds. I'm going to, I'm going to have them in there as, as my pick. Um, but yeah, it's it's a scary one.
2: I'll add too that. Like, again, we still haven't seen the Cowboys play really well against a really good team. Right. All season long. And this is another test. I, I mean, they play pretty, pretty well in Philadelphia. Right. Um, but again, like what what Philadelphia are we going to get this week? And I think it's the the resilient one. And then on defense, like the success that the Niners had on defense last week was good coverage against the wide receivers, and then let the pass rush get home because Jalen Hurts can't hold the ball for eight seconds, right? Whereas the Cowboys is just like running like mad men through a brick wall, and it's like ah. And and so I, I think it's going to be a little different this week. Um, yeah. And Jalen's going to be able to move. I know he's banged up, but I think he's going to be able to move the pocket more and make some plays.
0: Well, and and I think the last thing we'll say on this one, too, it's like Dallas has currently no wins against teams with a winning record, right? Um, The Seahawks was the one team that they beat that had a winning record. But because of that loss or that win for the Seahawks, the loss, Seahawks are now 500 at six and six. Um, They played the Eagles really, really tough last time. And to me, like this could absolutely be a prove it game. Like I saw get up doing the clickbait of, you know, is this, is this going to be the biggest game of Dak's career? It's like, dude, he's played in multiple playoff games. Like it's not the biggest game of his career, but it does mean something because everyone's talking about, Hey, Dallas hasn't played anybody. Dallas hasn't played anybody. This is an opportunity for Dallas to say, Hey, look, we, we just beat the Eagles. We're in contention right now to win this division. uh, Despite the fact that they have a tough remaining schedule after this game as well. So, uh, it should be interesting, but right now we're all on the birds. All right, two games left. Monday Night Football, doubleheader on Monday night, which is kind of odd. Um, Dolphins hosting the Tennessee Titans. The Dolphins are 13-point favorites, and then we have the Packers, who are 6.5-point favorites at the New York Giants this week. Um, I, love, I love the Dolphins in this game. Uh, I, I think the Titans offensively, have kind of reached their peak for the season with Will Levis, right? There's moments that it looks good. There's moments where it looks bad. I think the Dolphins defense has become ve- almost underrated, right? Because, hey, again, similar to the Cowboys, who have you beaten with a winning record, right? All that kind of stuff. Um, they lose Jalen Phillips, which is a huge loss. And then they come out last week and they look really, really fucking good against the commanders. To me, this is a game where they're playing in Miami, the speed of this offense, Tua is playing the best football of his career. He's not just game managing; he's he's making plays, uh, and he's he's putting the ball in places where his guys can go and get it. I saw some analyst you know, was like, "Oh, Tyreek Hill ran the wrong route here," and uh, or no, uh, Tua had a terrible throw and completely missed uh, Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek had to adjust to the ball to go back and catch it. And Tyreek Hill actually came out and retweeted it and was like, "Actually, no, I ran the wrong route." Tua made an adjustment on the fly to put it to where only I could get there and then gave me a chance to go make a play. And that is like high-level football stuff and high-level processing, which is the stuff we loved about Tua coming out. He stayed healthy all year. Uh, to me, the Titans kind of gave their last final big punch last week after, you know, taking the Colts all the way to overtime. I think this is a letdown spot for the Titans. Again, I'm taking the dolphins minus 13, despite that being a really, really big spread. I think the dolphins are just that good offensively and they've been putting away bad teams. So give me the dolphins minus 13,
2: super high efficient on offense at home. And that offense is explosive anywhere they play, um, except in Philadelphia, uh, but that offense is explosive almost anywhere they play. Five and zero at home this year, and they've won. Uh, I think two of those five games by two touchdowns or more, which is insane. Um, uh, to to do that with with that offense. Um, it, it, look, I know it's Tractortito season. Uh, Derrick Henry's got hot. He broke out last week, had a big game. I don't see it again uh against this defense and they're abysmal on the road they still don't have a road win i don't think they're close to sniffing one here that defense is a sieve Uh, i'm gonna take the uh the high number and take the dolphins to cover here too on a big win
1: i have the dolphins because they just blow out teams below 500 that's what they do yeah it's exactly what they do and they're great at it um I, I don't need – I have five locks already. I'm not going to take a six. This was going to be my sixth. I think I should space it out a little more, like you said, maybe four a week from here on out. This is the degenerate gambler maybe. Like, I have more. Let's bet it all now. Let's out. just do let's it. Bet. Come on. Let's yeah. Um, but, no, I, I need to take a minute. Dolphins, I do believe in. I do think they blow them out. Um, it's at home. It is uh, – They're comfortable there, not to mention. I think they're going to get up, and to your point, Titans are going to have to do things offensively they don't want to do because they're going to be down. And that will only stretch that score further and further apart. Uh, more possessions, the better for the Dolphins.
0: Yeah. All right, last game, Packers, Giants, Packers, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Green Bay's playing like a damn good football team right now, and I love that (laughs) six-and-a-half line. Uh, You're giving me basically a touchdown, covers the spread, uh, Tommy DeVito they get a you know an extra week of practice coming off the bye week uh you know obviously beware of the MetLife turf monster he's uh he's been snagging ACLs and Achilles left and right this mm-hmm. season so mm-hmm. make sure you know the Packers got to make sure they're extra you know stretched out and lubed up ready to go um I love the Packers in this game I think that they're legitimate you know since Aaron Jones when basically their toughest stretch of the season was when Aaron Jones was out and just like anyone who comes from the McVay school of coaching, right, that coaching tree, and which ultimately goes back to Shanahan and, and that style, it's all predicated around the running game. Run the ball first, and then you can work everything else outside of it. We saw the Niners, when they went down early, couldn't move the ball in the first quarter against the Eagles. What do they do? They started working in the running game. They started getting McCaffrey going a little bit, and then that opens up everything else because you're freezing those linebackers at the line of scrimmage. Aaron Jones is a big difference maker for them. And then we're seeing those you know young wide receivers come along, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jalen Reed. Right, uh, They have guys who can go out and make plays. I love the Packers here at minus 6.5. I'm going to take Green Bay to cover.
1: I love him, too. I also think this Giants defense just I, – I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they have two of the worst cornerbacks playing together in the NFL, at least by ranks. Deontay Banks has been um, very bad, and Adoree Jackson has been somehow worse this year. He had a good year. I feel like last year was coming up, but has not played well at all. Um, the The Packers' offensive lines played a lot better, and Romeo Dows, like Watson – love is getting to the open guy – and I think that's the difference, right? Like when you have a bad defense, you can't hone in on one person. You got to keep spreading it out. And that's what he does. I think it matches up really, really well. Um, I think it will be a lot of underneath stuff. Like Xavier McKinney still back there. Don't get me wrong. He's a beast. But like uh, the rest of that, that Giants defense up close uh, is not great. I think it'll be a little smaller than or shorter passes than maybe we've seen. But I think they're going to efficiently move the ball. I could see him just. Moving the ball down and scoring on almost every possession, whether it be a field goal or, or a touchdown, I'm going to take the Packers for sure. Although, I will say this. One thing I want to say about Tommy DeVito, as I was looking up stats earlier, QB comparison. Jordan Love and Tommy DeVito. Jordan Love has, when they're clean in the pocket, a 96.8 passer rating. DeVito has 97.9. He's better. When under pressure. Jordan Love has a 91 71.9 passer. devito is a 72. Way smaller sample size. The Point is, he's doing pretty well. And then you get into some of the advanced numbers, where big throw percentage, Jordan Love kills them. Turnover worthy play De- Devito is way more. So it's not exactly even. But when you look at the base stats, it does seem pretty even. You know what I mean? So anyway, just interesting stat. Did not think that's how it was. I'm still taking the Packers, but good for Devito. I really hope he becomes like a legit star in the NFL. I just, I just love him. I mean, his name's he's got Vito in it. It's salted. I love him. I love him. I don't know
2: eyes on. Um, uh, Jeff Mart's going to be at this game, boys. He's is going he? to Monday night football. Yeah. Shout out, be shout at out this to Jeff Mart's rooting for his pack. Um, unfortunately he's going to get Dexter Lawrence back on the opposite side of the ball for the giants defense. He's been out for a long time. Um, uh, and this is a, a, a wink Martindale defense that is, uh, both blitz happy and that you just read Vito, uh, 71, uh, pass rating for, for Christian love off of, uh, off of pressure. Uh, and the Giants' defense, for for as bad as they've looked on screen, they, they're eighth and EPA allowed per play uh, since week six uh, as Wink Martindale starts dialing up more blitzes. 19 total takeaways, 12 by way of interception. So uh, I think there are going to be opportunities for them to um, to uh, get on the ball, even though Christian Watson has gone 3-0 and in the last three games with eight touchdowns and no picks. Um, on the flip side, I think the, the Giants are going to be able to run the ball really well against the 30th ranked run defense in the league in the green Bay Packers. I think that neutralizes some of the, the, the mistakes from, from Tommy DeVito, if he makes them, but Paisan's got five touchdowns already. He's about to throw six more. He earned this job right to Rod Taylor's healthy. And, and, uh, and, and the Giants said, Nope, this is your job, Tommy. Uh, you took it. Um, uh, and I think he's going to have a, a pretty good game with Saquon running the ball really effectively six and a half. I wish this were seven, uh, cause I'd feel more comfortable with it. Uh, at plus seven, but I'll take plus six and a half for the Giants.
0: All right. Right. We shall see. All right, that's all we got. Oh, wait, real quick. Army, Navy, Army, three-point favorites. Mm-hmm. Where are we rolling? This is just where your allegiances lie. Yeah,
2: yeah go Navy, Navy, beat Army.
1: Yep, same, for no reason. I haven't seen either of these teams play that much. Just just Navy. My,
2: my grandfather was in the Navy, so. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm, going,
0: I'm going Navy, too. Girlfriend's dad was in the Navy. Uh, my roommate works at the Naval Academy. I, I got, I got too many ties to the Naval Academy and also, you you know, right here, uh, this game up in, uh, MetLife, Foxborough.
2: No, it's in, uh, Foxborough, Foxborough, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's always the best ones at the link, but Hey, Foxborough can get a turn. Uh, so all of us rolling with Navy, uh, that's all we got on the pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we will be back on Tuesday, recapping everything from week fifth, 14, and uh, everyone enjoy the weekend. You have your Saturdays back. So uh, go go take your girlfriend or your partner out for a nice little, uh, little lunch, a little dinner. Hey, babe, college football season's over, you know, as a little thank you for letting them uh, let you stay in and watch football all fall. So uh, enjoy that. Enjoy the weekend. Good luck to everybody on your bets. Good luck to you boys for our squads and your teams collectively. And we will be back on Tuesday to break down everything from week 14. Until then...